Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode number 30, the big tree O'Reilly. So we're sponsored by Peachtree Still, great food, great music, and right next to Tallis Stadium. Check out our Facebook for more info. So uh, we're going to talk about the biggest sporting final that was held in Ireland last weekend, the A Sports Cup final in Tallah, and look ahead to, Roy- to Friday's game at home, the Finn Harps. In what way was jammed, all the country plates, Riley. I think the National Plowing Championships was on Dublin, wasn't it? Yeah, the A Sports flags were flying high, yeah. out of the cars. So as usual, I'm Gary Parsons and the Prof Carl Royley is with me and uh, we have a surprise guest in studio today on his day off and all. It's most people's Rovers player of the year so far. It's none other than the king of the West, daddy killed himself, Gary Shaw. Shawzy, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me, lads. I'll just pull you up there. There's uh, no days off when you're, uh, when you're, <laughs> ah, like when you're it. a daddy. No days off. Not anymore all. anyway. <laughs> so uh, welcome to Johnny Blues. What do you think of the place? It's impressive. I'm not going to lie. It's very impressive. I think you need to get a few more people in there to have a look. And yeah, yeah. we got to stay and tell the story. As we, say. <laughs> we got to clean up a bit before you came in, but once no, we did, I'm impressed. I'm yeah. impressed. I think Johnny Blue had one of his infamous parties last night. Yeah, we'll, we'll refer to you as Shazzy from now on to avoid any confusion. Okay. And uh, Shazzy, you broke a bone in your face in the court game a couple of weeks ago. We saw you wearing the mask in the cup final on Saturday. So how was that healing up? Yeah, it's, look, I got surgery, uh, so the surgery was a success, and uh, it was, I suppose, more serious than I thought at the time. I pl- like As you know, I played on, played on for, I don't know, 70 odd Sure, we didn't even know when he found out beforehand. Yeah. Coming he, in, he's looking like the Phantom of the Opera with his mask on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, getting a scan the next day after the court game, and um, found out that I'd broken the uh, bone in my face, and need to get surgery, so... Uh, the club were brilliant, obviously, and got me got me the surgery and uh, got the mask fitted. Uh, had to go to London for that, and uh, now here. Tell the whole story about London. That's, you just went for like a minute. Yeah, I was. I uh, I got the call from the club to say I was. Sam Bone did the exact same thing as me. Now I didn't know what the the process was, but I was told about. Uh, 12 o'clock uh, that I was, had a flight to London at half two right. had to race home get my passport uh, had to ring my dad to meet me halfway actually because I was tight for time and uh, got the passport went to Dublin airport uh, flew to Lon- flew to Heathrow got the tube into Oxford Street and uh, walked about 20-25 minutes to this place to get fit for the mask went in gave my name sat down took a picture of my face <laughs> and uh, they said uh, thanks for that that's it and I kind of looked at them and said... You could just send a selfie. I kind of was like... <laughs> Jesus. Are you, you're, are you serious? And uh, yeah, they would say, yeah, you're finished. That was all we needed. We're sending this away to get the, the image processed and we'll get the mask fit and sent out to you in the next three or four days. Oh my God. So it was literally just walk straight back out the door 40 seconds later and uh, back on the tube, back to Heathrow and fly home. No way. And then I was in for surgery the next morning. And the surgery was in... Uh, surgery was in James. Oscar. James as well. Yeah, and uh, um, got all that done and uh, was, uh, was in there for two days. And, <laughs> no. uh, so. A selfie would have been all right there, wouldn't it? Jesus. Yeah. And Webby paid you a visit in the hospital? Webby paid me a visit. It was the night of the Ireland game. Webby came in, so uh, I actually uh, there was actually a Rovers fan who looked after the... Uh, the, all the tellies and all the uh, electrical stuff in They're there everywhere and, uh, it was uh, it was just a stroke of luck that he was there and saw my name on the in the ward and brought me a telly in and all the other fellas in the room were, were raging but uh, Webby came in paid me a visit brought me a few treats you know as you look at kinder bars so he brought me a pack <laughs> of kinder bars to cheer me up and uh, yeah he stayed in way past way past uh, visit hours and that's, that's Webby alright chance in his arm good man bromance there so uh, <laughs> yeah it was uh, 
I got out then the next morning, thank God. But uh, yeah, look, I'm on the mend still, obviously. It's still. Fighting fit and ready for the game. Ready to go, ready to go yeah. against Harps. A nice one to come back to fully. You have, you have the mask here with you, but you don't have to wear because there's no Cork players here. But they're <laughs> yeah. hooligan elbows. No, yeah. They're very. I, they're very uh, yeah. Hard, like, I mean, they're, they're kind of rough, aren't they? That was straight from kickoff where you got that elbow. It was not, so he played 90 minutes. Roberts kicked off, the ball was in the air. And he got an elbow. I don't. The, I don't even remember the incident itself. Yeah, it was just tip. It was from less tip than off, half a minute. Tip off. It was tip back. Lee Grace clipped the ball out, and I went to attack it, and it was just a, a swinging elbow, and caught me straight in the face, and it was a sore one, and I kind of didn't know where I was for a second, but uh, yeah, played on and played on with a broken face. Yeah, and <laughs> went on and headed more balls, and yeah, probably should not have done that, but <laughs> got through anyway. And we won as well, so yeah. it was, was alright. You're saving Sam Ball now. Two yeah, years of masks. I don't know. If, I don't know. Now here's one for you. If you can yeah. go back and find a team with two fellas with a mask. There's a stat. Carl, there you there go. You go. Yeah, it a works for you. Yeah, there's now. a challenge for you. <laughs> just in time for the Halloween sequel. <laughs> Shazzy and Ball. We have to put them on just, just to have two players on the team with a mask. So you'd started 23 games in a row since May 5th. Until you missed Bluebell. So physically, how were you feeling at that point? And was the, was the rest welcome in any way? And do you do a lot of cardio as well? Because it seems like you can run for days. Um, I'd say the Bluebell game just came a couple of days too soon. I had surgery on tu- on the Tuesday, so and I had surgery on my head, so um, it would have been uh, crazy stuff, I suppose, to to chance it on the Friday. Um, but There's no way the club would let you play anyway, even if you told them. You yeah, know? it was it was too much of a risk. So um, it was then obviously the cup final was the one they looked at, and um, we should have been able to get by Bluebell comfortably, yeah. I suppose, uh, without me. So um, we managed to do that, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I was just eased back in. I suppose it's just you have to take care of it, you know. Add your head, man. Yeah, my yeah, game, head and balls, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you have to be careful. But uh, cardio, um, no, I don't know. I just. I just it's love just running. in you. I yeah, you're just running. one of them. It's just, you know, it's like Finna, Finna, Squishy. It used to must have played a guy growing up, did you? Oh, yeah. Running around them laps. <laughs> just on that uh, related now, what was your opinion on the, the Sam Bond situation? Remember, you got that head injury against Boz. Do you think you guys should have any say in whether or not you come back on the pitch if it's a potential concussion issue? Well, from a player's point of view, I'm going to tell you I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. Every All time. day. Every time. Yeah. Every every time I'm gonna tell you I'm okay. And obviously there's I don't know how long, fifty odd minutes worth of played at that stage, you know, mm. he's full of adrenaline, he's you know, it's big atmosphere, games on the telly, he's gonna say, Yeah, I wanna play. Mm. He could be away with the fairies in his head and doesn't know where he is, but he's gonna tell you, Yeah, I wanna play, I wanna play. So it's I suppose it's you know, it's a medical decision and it's the the medical team who decide it, so hundred percent up to the medical guys, I think so anyway. And I think mm. I still think Super Doctor not so Super Doctor was wrong there he shouldn't have let him back on the pitch but that's how it was justified though by Super Doctor and by Bradley it was that Sam Bond told him three times he was okay yeah and that's me, the that's thing not as well. an excuse though mm, yeah. no I don't think so I mean Super Doctor should have just said listen you're not going back on look at him the guy was he was away with the fairies and Bradza I mean Bradza was under the impression that okay this guy's okay don't say you're go- you're okay if you're gonna come on and and not be with it, you know. So we like I said, it was a pressing issue at the time. We talked about it for quite a bit, but um, yeah. So that was that. Uh, Carl, uh, Shazzy, you were gonna bring the league cup trophy with you, but it wasn't to be. Uh, three 0 lost to Dundalk. Dave Webster came in for league race, who was cup tied, and Mikey O'Connor got the nod over you. So 
It's a shy cup, didn't want to win it anyway. <laughs> didn't fancy her anyway. <laughs> no, it was uh, the build up to the game. I was in Wexford at a wedding, so I was confined to bar stooling for today. And the game itself, so I was watching back, I watched it back twice, and uh, just jump in, Shazzy, when you when you feel like it, if you want to say anything about it. The team selection, Carl, were you happy with the 11? Well, I don't think starting Mikey was the right decision, actually. Unless, I so. well, Gary Shaw was on the bench, yeah. so I'm assuming you were good enough to start. Shazzy. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, like it's, it was, again, I was just been, you know, looking at the bigger picture, and if, you know, obviously breaking a bone, um, it's not as strong when it, when you have broken it. So another knock to the face. I, t- I, I think you were right to sit it out. I is, think you were right. Uh, it can have, I suppose, severe consequences now if, if that does happen that area in my face again. So it's just on the side of caution that, you know, oh, yeah, I would given, it, given, it been, that. given it been a cup final and it's going to be Fair feisty enough, yeah. and stuff like that. So, But look, Mikey's, you know, Mikey's come on in, in games and he's done really well. Look at the court game. He's, he's done really well coming on. So, Look, there was no, there was no issue for the manager having to start Mikey, and against against Dundalk as well. You know, it kind of would have fired him up as well. So yeah, yeah, the definitely. manager's decision. That's what he went for. Um, and look, it just wasn't to be overall. And personally, I thought he was mad to play Connolly at wide. I don't. I'm not a fan. I mean, what does Dylan have to do to get a start? Connolly has been out there for a while now. Isn't yeah, it? I'm, I'm not a fan the, of it. The American Galway games from then onwards. Is he playing him there so that he might come centrally a little bit, make a bit more space for Madden, but? to get forward but I just, I just don't like as he is a good sentiment midfielder I just don't think that's I think he's being accommodated you know I don't like accommodating players just to have them in the team for the sake of being in the team I don't think he he should be playing out there I mean young doing it I think he might be more of a number 10 but like I said he can't he can't get in at all at, at the moment so I don't know what he has to do to get a game maybe it's that attitude I don't know but um, just more on the build up to the match I heard Diabo was helping ah Diabo old school the Maldron yeah. my brother-in-law works in the Maldron and I said to him I said you know the Maldron's being boycotted and he goes trust me I know I've seen the dip <laughs> he feels it they're feeling it they're getting pinched man and it's a big big mistake from them throwing Rovers fans out and letting Cork stay in so that's them fucked yeah, I heard the game coined uh, Warfare at the Square. Warfare at the Square? That's how a Dundalk fan called it, yeah. Oh, yeah? There might have been more over parking spaces because the stadium car park wasn't available to members. Yeah, the FAI uh, hoovered up all those spaces for the day. And uh, lots of rain, a tad of final tradition. Yeah. And uh, the poor Aerosport panel, they had no cover. They were soaked so again. Soaked. But we did offer Good them. We offered them Rawers and Breaders, though. So. Uh, had a that. nice bit of marketing there. Yeah. Like. On, on the game itself though um, McMillan uh, it was very disappointing to concede and why was Mikey Morgan their most potent threat did you notice that yeah I think he kind of lost him completely lost him move. there was a bit of a huddle you know what they do and they break really quickly but why was why was Mikey even yeah, it was, even there it was a pacey ball and it was good movement it was pretty much a free header I'd be putting yeah. McAllister on him you know our most physical player probably our most physical battling midfielder and keep him on the ball. I don't think Mikey, Mikey's not a defender and he's not going to be marking their most potent threat. So that's all one thing I was disappointed. It's been a while since we conceded from set pieces as well. So Yeah, it was since uh, Cork in May. Remember we mentioned that? Yeah. Conceded three times in one game. We were disgusted about that. But, um, what did you think of that goal, Chelsea? Which one? The McMillan opener. Yeah, it was like Dundalk are they're, they're good at set pieces and they're good at blocking. That's what they did. That's what that's they did for the game. That's what they always they do, block, aren't they? They get, they get, Is that not they illegal? Do, they, get in the line, they get in the line and... One man who, which was it was McMillan this time. A lot of the time it's Garland. That's why he scored so many goals mm-hmm. and Massey as well. But the front man step across. The front man step across is the last man will run around and the front man will just. So block. the two of them just, are thinking all our block. job is to do block. 
That's it. If the ball comes to us fair enough, but this guy is the main target. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to pick out McMillan. That's what their plan was. And look, they just they got a really good block on. And look, it's no excuse. We you still still shouldn't be conceded from set pieces, but um, we got blocked and we got punished and so early on as well, which was the killer blow. Yeah, it was, that was only four moment. minutes in. Four minutes. And do you know what? We what we only saying about early goals. I have to kill them off completely and make it a game. Can't yeah. be chasing their tails and 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 it happened. But um, like I said, there must have been a sit down and after all the goals we're conceding from set pieces I mean the brads are sit down and say listen lads this has to stop we're, we're conceding relentlessly from, from set pieces back in April and May like was there a lot of talk about it I remember we kept conceding over and over yeah, again Glenn to be fair Glenn would be uh, big on set pieces and conceding from set pieces like you know royals him up big time and um, you know he just said it's we're, we man mark we don't do any zone marking like that it's man marking yeah, you make sure that's my game all you day, make yeah. sure your man does not get away from you whatever you have to do because let's be honest like when when do you see referees like when do you see them giving penalties from lads dragging over each other oh, like, it's very rare like, yeah. don't really yeah. see sometimes it. there might be a spate of it like as in maybe two weeks where they want to sh- the ref, clamp down yeah, on it but the, ref will never. Throw, the ref will throw a warning to you like oh stop pulling or whatever it is but like mm. they never actually give the decision like, no, they never no. give a penalty very and true more actually often, more often than not they will give a free out and yeah, you'll see yeah. your back a replay yeah. and you'll be like there are two of them are all over each other yeah. but they'll never give a penalty like it's, that takes balls to give a penalty from something like that it actually does that's, that's all you have to do yeah. is stand beside a goalkeeper and you fail them yeah, yeah. Ah, free out that's all it. day yeah. You know, yeah. so any, if the keeper comes out that's it he's free against it the keepers are protected too much but sure, look that's a different story alright so first half chances we had Finn coming close we hit the bar uh, they had a few chances as well game was wide open um, I mean we get a stroke of luck and it's a different game Carl thought Duffy was very good for them uh, the overhead technique was perfect. I mean, Shawzy must have been showing him a few pointers. Yeah, stealing your gimmick, Shawzy. The overhead. No, yeah, it was. It was one of them. It was you know, it was a close chance, and I was like, oh, that was a great effort. But it's kind of like stealing my thunder there, Dave. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't the overhead king here. <laughs> but uh, it was a great effort to be fair to him. Technique was perfect. It really that, was. It was really was, nice uh, to watch. Yeah, David McCallum. Mine was on target though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cracking first half. Absolutely brilliant first half. Like it was end to end stuff. We probably had most possession. Dundalk were kind of hitting us on the break a lot. Um, That's what teams do when they come to tell them. Sit back, yeah. try and hit us on the break. No, no. that was the plan. It was, it was, you know, we were, just because we're playing Dundalk doesn't mean we're going to sit back and I love that. hit them. On the, we was just go at them. We yeah. watched clips of them and it was, we were looking at the 2-0 or the 2-1 victory in Tala. And we took the game to them. And it was as simple as that. You know, we absolutely battered them that day. And uh, we knew we had to do that again. So that's Same with the 1-0 out there as well. Yeah, it was we took it to them, and they 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 tend when people do take it to them, they kind of get shocked. You know, but you look back then, it's just you know the early goal that kills you. Just yeah, no, absolutely, really you're chasing it. the game then from after four minutes. You know, you're eight six minutes one nil down, so it's it's uh, it's frustrating. But no, we don't fear any team. You know, that's the, that's the way we're looking at. It. Yeah, so the chances you mentioned, Gar. And McAllister overhead. Yeah, the camera cut to Mikey afterwards. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, that's not yours, Mikey. Because I think Davy caught him with the kick, and Mikey was holding his face. <laughs> Our cameraman just drawn to Mikey. Yeah, they seem to be the last couple of weeks. Cameraman stitched me up. Did you just notice that? No, what way? Cameraman stitched yeah. in the second half. I, the manager said to me, look, just stay warm. I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And uh, so I got a couple of those, you know, the energy gels. Yeah, yeah. Did they so work? I got, ah, they're, they're all right. It's yeah. Placebo effect. Yeah, yeah. But uh, had this energy gel. And you know, like, if uh, you have, like, a, a tin of beans and you pull off right, the tin. Right, right. And you, the, just the ring comes off. Right. And you have a 
a tin of bean and you've no opener right right right, right. so I've, I've got the energy gel and just as I do it the camera cuts me and my dad sent me the, the, the video and Kerr is talking about the two lads Des and Brian Kerr <laughs> Kerr is a cracker one are talking about uh, Mikey playing and me not playing whatever it was but then the camera cuts to me and I've just ripped the energy gel but I've ripped it too high that right so not, you're going to have to rip it open with your so seeds. then I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the bench and the lads <laughs> the three lads were saying it was Lukey and Duna all sitting like folks on the game and here's me in the end Hacking, <laughs> hacking, hacking away at this energy gel and the car is just like he's sh- sh- struggling with that uh, plastic <laughs> <laughs> oh man Kerr is brilliant he really is so uh, yeah the chances you mentioned hitting the post that was Webster he was crouching down and he headed off the near post uh, Tower made a couple of good saves one from uh, Grimes or Grimy as he likes to be called yeah and uh, he did have a moment of madness though when he came out and he kind of failed to get it. Yeah, he is mad anyway, so... Goal- goalkeepers are mostly mad, aren't they? But, um... Shazzy says he's crazy, do you want to elaborate yeah, on that? Yeah, he's just... That's just whatever the Canadian, the all the nationalities he is, he's just... He's a gas man. Yeah. Great fella, absolutely great fella, and just, as well, he loves being a dad. Just loves it. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. Super yeah, So you have something in, uh, in common with him in yeah. that sense, anyway. Davy McCasher as well, his new baby, isn't he? Yeah, Davies. It's funny. is he as tough it, it, as he is on the pitch because he loves a mill up. He's forced he's, in. He's hard tackler. He's but he seems like such a nice guy. Oh, he's, he's an absolute gent. Like he's an absolute gent off the pitch. What, he's tough. But like you know, before the game, before you're going out, you're all high fiving each other. Like yeah. Davy nearly takes the arm out of your, <laughs> out of your shoulder. He he just he's he's that fired up for games. It's unbelievable to fire that fella has in his belly before a match, and he shows it on the pitch. Especially um, when he scores, he's oh, in a he rage. Scores, he, he, like he, he gets so much faster when he scores. <laughs> he just takes off. And like, Dave, Save that for the game. Yeah. And he just goes straight for the stand. He's got yeah, he's, but then like when he once once the final whistle goes, he's nice, calm, relaxed fella, quiet. But uh, that's Davy for you. Yeah, so uh, the referee and Carl. I would call it a shambles again. Yeah, maybe, maybe not quite as bad as Rogers and Ariel Park, but it was bad. Tomney's the golden boy at the moment as well. He's seen, he's probably gonna get the FA Cup final. So I mean, he seems to be the golden boy at the moment. He's getting all the big games, and he's quite well thought of in refereeing circles. But yeah, no, it's a, it's it's something that we're struggling with every week now. We've it's hard to get a good refereeing performance out of anybody. One moment in particular was maddening. It was when Clark was on the break from around half, and he wouldn't play the advantage. Yeah, that was a strange one. It just seemed you like know. tension seeking. Yeah, just play it. Like he's just he's on telly. He wants to, he wants to be the, the man. Yeah. Clark was a real bright spark for us. Probably one of his best games of the yeah. season. I thought actually, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, Clark, he's the man. And, uh, yeah, all our best play probably came from him. Made two good chances from his crosses. So yeah, Clark was excellent. Yeah, no, he was doing really well down that side. Uh, when Mikey O'Connor, uh, what do you think? Carl? What do you think of his performance? I don't think he held the ball up as well as we're used to seeing from Shazzy here. So. Probably he held the line well, but it's, it is a tankless task, I'd say, Shazzy. I mean, like you said, you've got a bit of an engine on you, but playing up front on your own, Gary Twig found out in Europe, it's it's quite the task. Twiggy, Twiggy mm. failed to score in Europe, and it's yeah, you you are scoring goals and playing well up front there alone, but what I've noticed is that when we do play one up front, which has been most of the season, we do have a lot of runners. We have a lot of players supporting it as well, so that's that's one thing I do like to see is you're not just completely isolated, you do have runners with you. Yeah, lads, lads just take the chance now. They, they kind That's of what we've noticed. Yeah, when we when we have a throw in our free kick, someone if it's gonna get clipped in, you'll see Bork, you'll see Brando, you'll see Trev just kind of creeping around you. The back of you thinking, okay, he's gonna get a flick here. And you need that because, like you know, even last year, say, you know, the lads we were playing with like didn't really 
know what it was like as a player and I'd be winning headers or flicking on balls and just be the centre half to just clean up yeah. you know that would be very it. frustrating but, isn't it but you know when you you look like the manager obviously um, you know he, he saw that side of me and he's gotten runners off me and you know we've we've got in a lot of times from just flick it's 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 route one football at times but you know it can work yeah yeah true and we don't necessarily depend on it we, we do resort to it at times but it's yeah. not our game you but wouldn't then, say then that's as well game. like you know as being a, as a target man you know you can i can take the ball in and then again i have the runners off me so yeah you know i can flick balls on but i can lay balls off and the great thing is this season i have those runners and um, you know i look they're very willing as well that's the team yeah, they that's run all day not to uh, bash Mikey too much, but you have a far superior Twitter handle as well. Gary <laughs> underscore underscore Shaw ten and his just a travesty. Yeah, I don't I don't know um, I think it's a dumb dog thing. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. They're strange up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the balls are red card, Carl. Um unfortunately I think it was the second yellow. I think it was only because he seemed to wrap himself around Vemelo and after he won the ball, he kinda gave himself the extra momentum. He followed through. Yeah, yeah. other than that was a unbelievable tackle I mean for such a young guy to be getting stuck in physically like that similarities to McAllister in Cork I think yeah that, that, that was that was a red as well in yeah. fairness see that's the thing about following through there's only one reason you do that and that's to get the man and there was only one reason it looked like Bulger to do that and it was to kind of get a bit of the man so and the thing is as well Dundalk know how to manipulate referees they played a game along with Vemelund and he was acting a maggot on the ground feigning injury definitely not injured definitely not even any sort of smack off of that but I mean that that that's Vemelone for you he's that type of guy he's no oil painting though is he do you remember <laughs> Slot from the Goonies yeah he's, he's a ringer for him I'm trying to get him separated at birth hey, <laughs> so was it a second yellow Shazzy? Um yeah looking back at it yeah look it probably was but um, look Aaron will learn from it um, I'll say this now like Aaron is going to be a top top player he's going to make a career of football um, the stuff he does in training and how he can keep the ball and the vision he has for a 17 year old some people forget he's only 17 is frightening it really is and uh, even for, for me physically against him you know it's it's complete opposite yeah <laughs> but to try and get the ball off him is the hardest task I've ever had to, it's unreal he just protects the ball and he has this like low centre of gravity that he'll just shield the ball with his whole body it's it's unbelievable. Like sometimes you're taken back by what he actually can do um for a kid his age. He's by far the best player um for a seventeen year old in this country. Um and he'll learn from not many seventeen year olds starting playing cup finals. Oh without a doubt. Like that, Name another you know one. I mean? Name anyone from back in the day or any 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 era. I can't think of anybody so And like, you know, the the manager is speaks so highly of him and look he'll just learn from this. You know, he was he said it to us straight away after the game, look, apologise He's, mm. you know, it just shows maturity in him. You know, he posted an apology too on Instagram. Yeah, no, fair play. So uh, he'll he'll pick himself up. He'll learn from it, and look, it won't be his last cup final, definitely. Yeah, nice moment at the end as well, where the players come over to the fans, and we were chanting, "There's only one Aaron Bolger." Yeah, no, it was deserved as well. I mean, yeah. it, like he's a he's a good kid. There's there's no badness in his play or anything like that. So I, I'm definitely like Chelsea said, he's he's gone places, but um, the McElhaney goal, Carl. It's just what he does, isn't it? We've been talking about him on the show. You give this we? guy space, he's just going to punish you, man. I had a good view of it. I was kind of right behind the shot and no one was stopping that. Yeah, see, our tracking back was poor for the goal as well. There didn't seem to be any urgency from the outfield players to get back. Maybe fatigue had set in, but he had him, yeah. he had jogged a good bit and our players were just kind of tipping away and when he got the ball then they kind of said, oh, we'll have to make a little bit more effort here, but it was 
was a super finish, wasn't it? It was great. He hit his right foot in off the post. That was a cracker. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. And uh, he's he has a highlight reel to to marvel at this. Basically, season, goal of the season competition is him and Brando. Yeah, you could come up with twenty on all in there. Yeah. So um, the Stewart goal, it was inevitable. Really, it's just a scrappy goal. Kind of scuffed it as he fell down. I mean, to sum it up, to sum it up, there was no, we were by no means outclassed or outplayed, and they took their chances and we didn't. I mean, we're missing Grace and Bork. We missed. I, Grace, I thought Grace yeah. was a big, a big loss, especially on that set piece. Yeah, massive loss. And I mean, I'm looking forward to 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 Lee being in the team in the FAI semis. I mean, there's no Bork. How's he getting on, Charles? How's Bork getting on with his recovery? Yeah, he's look. He's it's it's a it's a frustrating one for him. Like he just just wants to play, but he's he's braced up. And he'll be he'll so. Be there's probably pretty much nothing he can do. Not really at the moment. It's just basic, simple exercises of of uh, um, straightening his leg and stuff like that. So yeah. he just has to take it very slowly when it's your knee ligaments. It's you know. And Lukey's giving him a dig out. Is he Lukey had something oh, similar, yeah. didn't he? Lukey and Paul Curry are there to yeah. talk all about knees. The signal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I look, he's getting there, and um, hope, hopefully he can be he can feature in a game or two come the end of the season. And of course, the biggest issue of the day, of the cup final day itself, was Bradzer's beard. It's a slight bit of grey creeping in there, Carl. It's it's yep. being kept nice and trim, so I think it could be here for the rest of the season. I mean, Charles, your form has improved ever since the beard the beard has emerged. So, how big of a factor has it been in your recent spike in form? Yeah, it's massive. You know, <laughs> you, know you just give it the the one stroke before you go out on the pitch, and that's, that's the it, all yeah. the motivation you yeah. need. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Stroke the beard, Charlesy. Um, just yeah. going back to the uh, the Torrey goal uh, Shearer scored with his first touch when he on as a sub you know that second touch mm. second touch was it? took a touch and then finished it oh, yeah, well, so there you go. Go. I stand corrected <laughs> he did that for us once against Cork he came off the bench and I actually timed it he was on 16 seconds oh I remember on the pitch and it was a ball from the right hand side then stroked he the home force I think it was a set, or free kick yeah. it was actually a really good goal Yeah, 16 seconds Impressive. yeah I remember that um, so the attendance, Carl, just over four thousand. Mickey yep. D was there, of course. Tales from the East and stalwart. Um, uh, Barney brought virtually the entire population of Donabade. I him, saw that this game. Yeah, fair play to him. Barney, is that what we're calling them now? Yeah, right. I used to get a nickname. Yep. He's Barney. You're the prof. Yeah, uh, I saw that. It was it was fair play to him, and he apparently he does that quite a lot. Runs buses all the time from Malahide and Donabade. So, uh, fair play, Barney. Yeah, him and uh, Dan Fulham were very critical of the atmosphere. And yeah, I d- but I did Dan's think it a was... different. Dan's a, a different level. Like Dan is always trying to pump up the crowd and get things going, mm. and you can understand where he's coming from. Dan has high standards when it comes to that. But he's, I think they're right in that for that final. It was a dull atmosphere. I was actually in the West End. I think they were talking about the East, the Ultras. Mm. But uh, you have to remember too, it was a final. It wasn't a home game. So it's gonna be day trippers. Like for example, a few Rovers lads were beside me, and they were asking for players' names. I'm like, oh, I saw him once or twice. You know, yeah, there these, you go. these are the sour fans who are at this final. And there's player, there's, there's people mixed in left, right, and centre as well. I'd say that the whole East End block M wasn't all the usual block M heads. You know, so hmm. I reckon there was a bit of a mix there. But listen, I wouldn't look too much into it. The last block of the East End was closed off again, so I'm guessing that's till the rest of the season. Yeah, like we said, show you show you anyway. He's the one with it. Stephen Kenny was moaning post-match about What's new? Dundalk's uh, ticket allocation. I was surprised in that, in fairness. I mean, why did they only get a thousand? It's a cup final. No, they got split. more. They, they got, got a bit more after 1300 that. 1300 And he was whinging about it. Yeah. 
Even after winning. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Well done, Stephen. And did you know, Gar? There were no ball boys. Didn't see that at all. So there were ball kids. Ball kids. That's, that's oh, technical gender appropriation is coming in again. Yeah. I, I, I looked after the ball kids when did I was you? in the FBI, yeah, for international games. And I always called them ball boys, but I was, I was corrected very oh. early on. Ball kids. Yeah, it's pretty, like pretty it's yeah. PC, isn't it? That's yeah. creeping into on post now as well as post persons. <laughs> <laughs> You're not postman anymore. It's, Hello, Mr. Postperson. Have you got my mail? <laughs> so the real game is in Oriel on Sunday week, and um, Dave Webster revealed what's motivating the team in the next few weeks. He said, "We know if we can get to the final and we can win the FA Cup, we'll go down as legends amongst the Rovers fans." So Webby's a good lad, and I mean, he seems to get what's Rovers all, what Rovers all about. He's bought into it. He's a fight in his hands now for a starting place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a nice job for you to win, but it was really only a dress rehearsal. Yeah, for, true. The, for the important cup. I really think we can do these over here. I mean, hopefully we get a, uh, a big allocation, and either way, it's going to get sold out. Rovers will travel. I mean, it's been 30 years. I wasn't even born when we won the last cup. So it's it's definitely going to be a massive, massive game. And I, 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 I think um, we'll have buses full, we'll, we'll sell out our allocation, and of course, uh, might even crash a couple of parties. Be like the FC Colin, whatever. Yeah, fans. yeah, that was oh, brilliant. Walking down yeah. the streets of, of Dundalk. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent, wasn't it? I love I love mm. German football now, and that that really opened the English football fans' eyes to what real fans are like, isn't it? So, do you think we're going to do them in Oriel? Definitely, absolutely. We the Shawsy spin against Gartland again. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, what a turn. <laughs> um, but uh, absolutely, man. Hundred uh, percent. Look, um, I, I love playing in Oriel. Uh, really? Do you, what do you think of the pitch? Because the pitch, I hate that pitch. And every time you play some sort of decent crossfield pass, the skid on the ball is so unnatural. The rubber is bouncing up, and hmm. the ball bounces from a height, and it takes that extra bit of pace. Since they uh, redid it, like last year, it was it, it was a horrendous pitch. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was, you know, I don't know how old it was, but. Since they've laid the new one, there's a there's a bit of length on the grass, and right. it actually it does so it's help, better. and you can you can actually pass the ball. Doesn't it take a long time to bed though? I mean, I just does it take like a good year or a year and a half, two years maybe for that to bed in a brand new pitch for it to be the way it's supposed to be? That's what I was reading up about these pitches. Yeah, it's just maintaining it. it's you know rolling it and stuff like that. And that's, you know, there is maintenance to it. Yeah, yeah. big time plays a big part, and that's what happened. The last one is just was in bits by the end of it. Yeah, but it was just left. I just I, I like playing at Oriel. Um, I don't want to jinx myself, but I've scored. I scored my debut there when I first came to the league in 2010 and uh, it was scored, a happy hunting ground for you scored last year and scored this year so I'm happy to go back there and do them again it's fingers crossed anyway yeah. um, Carl we're a lot closer to Dundalk than we were yeah I mean the red card changed the game although Sava didn't have a save to make but I mean we're definitely in the game yeah I mean we're carving teams open that's the thing we're work in progress fair enough and we've come a long way let's be honest from the start of the mm. season we're carving teams up. We're playing really good football at times, and uh, we're finally beating top four teams again. That's the thing. After a barren spell, a horrendous spell of not beating four teams at all from yeah, the top four. Two wins over Cork, two wins over Dundalk. I mean, Everyone was, knows that scoreline flattered them on Saturday. Yep. And we've a pretty young squad, so players will benefit from that experience. I think that was Shazzy's first cup final of his career, senior uh, career. Yeah, Lynch. I wasn't involved in a Lancer senior. I cup actually final. checked that. I checked the line of yeah. if he played yeah. until Toro M. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the only one. But listen, like, like we said, um, I think we're I think we're about three signings away from being serious contenders. As in, 
we know we can't I know Shazi will be diplomatic here but I mean there's a couple of we could trim the fat a little bit and take in a couple of more players and I honestly think that we're really really close to becoming a league winning team that's it's been a fantastic season as well Carlo hasn't it I mean it's mm. not even over yet and it's been one of the most enjoyable seasons in a long time football wise result wise I mean the bond with the team as well so I'm hoping that there's not too much trim to be fat to be trimmed because I mean 12 in 12 out last season didn't we Mm. and it's a big big change up for any team and that's the thing as well at the start of the season people are like oh yeah Brad it's a big it's a big season from yeah it's a big season but he still can't really be judged on it because he's gotten 12 players in 12 players out it's huge it's it's such a massive change so I mean anyone who thinks they can get instant success from that is is crazy and doesn't know their football but uh, the new lads Dean Carpenter and Trev's brother Darren Cameron King what are they like the good lads Shazzy yeah good lads Um uh, Cameron's obviously come from over from England, um, and you know it took him a couple of weeks to settle in, but he's he's settled in really well, and he's really shown how good he is. He's looking training. good in training, yeah, is he? Yeah, he is, and he's he's starting to show that on the pitch then as well. I know you're a fan of him, Carl. I, I am indeed. Yeah, um, he is. He has the ability, and then uh, Darren is the image of Trevor. First of all, sometimes we get them mixed up. It's hilarious, <laughs> but uh, Darren's you know he's all about going forward attacking. He just you know, I think the manager said, uh, looking at more so next year for him. Um, the lads came in late, obviously. Yeah. And then yeah. Dean Dean came in against Cork, and he was he was solid. He's tough lad. He's tough lad. He's you know yeah. he's he's has that dub in him, and he's tough as nails. And um, yeah, he's settled in well. They've all settled in really well, and um, they've been doing well in training. So, um, you know, they, once they take their opportunity when they get. It, I'm yeah, there. yeah, true, true. So I wonder about Cameron King. Like, is he thinking he might stay at Rovers for a couple of seasons, or is he thinking he might move on to like League League Two or something, get back to England? I'd like him to stay at Rovers for a season or two. I think so, but um, I mean, realistically, he's from he's from where is he from? He's from somewhere in around England. I think his goal is to get back into league football over there. I mean, if mm. we're being honest, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure what his background is before mm. he came here, or where he was playing, or how much he was playing, or he spends most of his career at Norwich. Okay. And then he went down to non-league level for one season. Ninth division. Yeah, it's a ninth tier superstar, I call him. The ninth tier <laughs> superstar. Yeah, so the under-19s lost 3-1 in Cork on Saturday in their final group game. Dean Dillon was on the score sheet for the hoops. Uh, we thought they finished in the top four and qualified for the quarter-finals by virtue of a plus-one better goal difference over Cork. But then it turns out that Cork's 4-0 defeat to Bray a couple of weeks ago has been expunged. Due to Bray fielding an eligible player and Cork were awarded a 3-0 win. So Rovers don't qualify, missing out to Limerick by a single goal. And that's a kick in the teeth, that is. And Harry Kenny, his brother Mark Kenny, apparently mm. was the gaffer who was sacked from Bray because of fielding that ineligible player. Rovers man, beach boy. And Rovers have received a boy in the shield and the first round will enter at the quarter-final stage. So To play, to play the whole horrible season way to go out. and then lose out to an administrative oh, error. God, that's it's horrendous stuff. Really is, isn't it? So any, any thoughts on this? Ah, oh, it's disappointing. Obviously, you know you think you go through, and then you're told, "Oh, sorry, uh, not That's this been year." Expunged, not, not, yeah. not this year, lads. But uh, look, it's just a, uh, it's an error that they have you to keep have their to, heads up, won't they? Yeah, that's so it. Dean Williams and Gavin Bazunu, Carl. This guy is is heading straight for the fourth team. They started that one. They're usually 17s players. What a kid! Yeah, what yeah. a kid! Oh, yeah. great kid. Great Does he keeper. get the shooting training after? After? Yeah, he's inv- he's always involved and he's he's brilliant lad. Great attitude and he's definitely a uh, one to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Great stuff. 
We have the Seven Nains who lost 1-0 in Galway on Friday and they play Waterford and Talla on Saturday week. And then the 15s played UCD at Roadstone on Friday night. We said Sunday in last week's show, we're blaming the Rovers site on that one. We thought it was Sunday night. Uh, well, that's what it said on the site. A 2-0 defeat for the 15s, but they can exact their revenge at the UCD ball on Saturday at 2pm. Do you ever get any of the Rovers underage games in? I wouldn't, uh, down to the fact of my parenting responsibilities. <laughs> no, um, that's like Shazzy. So uh, I, I wouldn't make it up. Um, I'm on a strict routine with the little fella. So, uh, <laughs> I could I could get him up now in the, in the in the next couple of months. He's he's getting there, so I could uh, bring him up for a day out maybe. There you go, stick the onesie on him. Yeah. And uh, good news as well. Alex Dunn played for the Ireland under 16s in Romania on Tuesday. Ah, oh, good stuff. Great experience, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, heading out to a, a a cool city like that and playing football for your country at that age, you know, it's it's definitely something that they'll remember. Okay, yeah. Uh, some of my favourite uh, Dublinese, you'd call it, is when people say they folly a team. Brian Kerr special yeah, what do you say? I fought Rovers I follow so and so and I've been spoiled the last two weeks because both our guests said they said foddy so Shazzy from Kildare who did you foddy growing up? Um, well I used to go to Kildare County Games ah Baba Isaka yeah um, and I can't remember <laughs> what age I was but I always remember that I had to get picked up because I was too young. My mum wouldn't let me walk home from the games because it was dark by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I'm. Uh, they uh, went to Funks, didn't they? Yeah, they uh, they had a couple of good days. A couple of, I think one season they nearly got promoted. Didn't they have Podge Kilduff on loan at one stage? Podge yeah, Gamma, they're Kilduff. Um, Kilduff, definitely. Kilduff yeah. played on loan there, yeah. Maybe both of them, yeah. But uh, yeah, because I played, I'm from Newbridge and they, they played in Newbridge's ground, so I always ventured up. Ah, yeah, sure, why not, yeah. And then uh, I. I would follow Man United then if I'm talking across the water. So. <laughs> yeah, like most of this Rover squad, it seems they follow Man United. Yeah, there's a few Liverpool fans. We try to. Not Webby's a big Man U fan. Big as well, Man United fan likes to get in a you know five or six games a year. Yeah. Um. He 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 followed them. Uh, yeah. Dylan Boyd, loves them. Yeah, Dylan is a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw him with his scarf and his. I think he had a full kit on going to the Aviva. <laughs> he did indeed. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, did you know, Shazzy, there was another Gary Shaw to pay for Rovers. He was on the bench Here's for a one league game. Here's a story. To tell okay, go for it. Here's a story. Jump right there, Shazzy. Go for it. So I'm in James's hospital, right? And I've I've uh, gone down. I've got the call to go to London. I was saying I'm going to London right. to get mm-hmm. the, the mask. So I this I, I was got the call. That I was going to London while I was in James's, but I was seen in James's. Right. So I've been admitted to hospital. I've been told I'm going to London at half two, and the hospital tell me I'm being admitted to hospital today and I said I can't I'm going to London Right. so I said go down to admissions let them know your s- scenario and uh, go and go to London do whatever and come back I was like Grant so I went down and the fellow behind the desk and he was like uh, oh, what's your name bloody or he didn't say what's your name he said uh, what yeah, what are you looking for I said look the, the doctor just told me to speak to yourself about going uh, coming back later on uh, I had to go to London to get a mask fit I'm after breaking my jaw I'm getting surgery in the morning Right. and he's kind of looking at me and I was like I was like, I know his face as well. And then a woman walked by and she, she just stuck her head into the little cubicle and said, Gary, I'm going on lunch. And I just said, you're Gary Shaw. And he <laughs> said to me, you're Gary Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> so the was, Gary Shaw was the, for Rovers? It was the Gary Shaw. Because I played in the Milk Cup. Is this the one I'm talking about? Oh yeah. my God. Jeez. I played in the Milk Cup with him in 2009. He's just about to mention yeah. that. Yeah, 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 I played in the Milk Cup with him in 2009. And uh, it bothered yeah. me that there was two Gary Shaws. <laughs> yeah. And... 
that was the first time I've seen him since. It was Rovers at the Mill Cup. You were yeah, guest, I, I guess, yeah. And it was the first time I see, I've seen him since. Yeah, Jesus. It was. Shit. It was. It was so weird because when I saw him, I was like. The world no. should have just blown up. In my head, I, I just pointed at him and said, "You're Gary Shaw," and he pointed at me and said, "You're Gary Shaw." <laughs> and then did somebody just stick the head and go, "Gary, Gary Shaws." But uh, yeah, he's. I always get confused with him. That's on a couple of profiles. It, it still causes confusion, yeah. Because if you look at your extra time.e profile, it says that it was you who was the only sub in a league game in 2008. It says you joined the school by ranks at Roberts, which you didn't. No. As you say, you did play in the Mill Cup. Yeah. 2009. So yeah, pretty weird. It was that way, it was insane. <laughs> that was just it was crazy. So our under nines, tens, and elevens played Southampton's academy sides in England on the same day as the League Cup final, getting some great results. So well done to all involved and uh, Robbo's troops over there playing well in Southampton. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, the under fi- under fourteens were training at PSV today. In PSV. Yep. Ah, that's pretty cool. I like that. That's a good little link as well. You wonder where these come from, don't you? Um, so some Rollstone news and a major advance for the academy development we have the FAI board has agreed a financial and facility development assistance for Shamrock Rovers Academy which we will receive a sum of 180,000 to support with the following Cash everything around me. Cream gets the money. Dollar, dollar bill, so we have completion of phase one natural grass pitches and FIFA pro all weather pitch and we have completion of development plans for phase two, which includes a footballing building, seven-a-side pitch, outdoor gym, and modular dressing rooms. So we have FAI CEO John Delaney praised Shamrock Rovers' development plans by saying the FAI board was hugely impressed by the level of ambition and strategic vision demonstrated by Shamrock Rovers when it presented its plans to the board. In approving the significant support for Shamrock Rovers and the club's development of its academy, the FAI has demonstrated an ongoing commitment to the continued development of this excellent facility in line with the club's strategic plan. John Delaney is a hoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who made fun of those FAI plans? He loves votes. We certainly never made fun of that. Yeah, no. Uh, John's a great guy. Yeah. and um, old boss. Yeah, yeah. John <laughs> Shaw's his old boss. That's about that still. <laughs> He's a nice guy. And uh, yes, Shamrock Rovers chairman Jonathan Roach welcomed the FAI support by stating, we would like to thank the FAI for their assistance in our development of the Shamrock Rovers Academy and Training Centre, which is already in the second phase and proven to be hugely beneficial to our teams at all levels. Phase 1 has been a huge success for all involved, and with the backing of the FAI and our partners at Rollstone Group Sports Club, we can now complete the second and final phase that will enable us to deliver on our strategic objective of providing the best possible pathway for player development in this country. The backing of the FAI in putting our five-year strategic plan into practice is essential to the future of the club and we welcome their support and assistance. This is an exciting period for the club and we look forward to our academy helping to strengthen Shamrock Rovers FC as a whole. So, very exciting times, Carl. And like I said, going back to that fan with a flag interview I did a couple of years ago, this is exactly what I wanted when they, they asked us to do an interview about the flag that we got. And they said, where would you like to see Rovers in five or ten years' time? And I said, rivaling the likes of Belvoir, Cherry Orchard and having a fantastic youth setup, and this is like I said before this is really exciting for me I, I, like growing up playing football on DDSL Rovers were rubbish they rarely had a team in the Premier you barely ever played them because they were major and they were below that and when you did play them they weren't great so it's it's something that really needs to be looked at and it is being looked at and it's a fantastic development so v- big time in favour of that one yeah it's great news so we've Ray Wilson he was back in Dublin for a week did he? Did you have a chat with him, Charles? Was he down at the, at the training ground? Yeah, he was down. He was down. Uh, did he bring his boots? 
he didn't. No, he's down. <laughs> just I reckon he was in the bar. Yeah, said her lows and uh, yeah, no, good to see him around, you know. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely a, he's um yeah. he's he's one of the people as we say here. I was quizzing a couple of the lads on their Friday, and Ray popped his head. Yeah, that's it. Just I think he was bringing his eighty-eight-year-old uncle to show him around the road stone at one stage, which was pretty yeah. cool. And then we have a, a, a tweet from you, Shazi, and it was Duff and Keane in training with McPhail. That went down well. They um, they beat you in a five-side tournament, and James Doohan was raging. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the staff, there was five teams. One of the teams was staff. And, uh, Jeez, that the was staff, daunting. The staff team was uh, Glenn Cronin, Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, Stephen McPhail, and then Jose, our goalkeeping coach. He was there. He was in goal, was he? So, uh, Is he a good keeper? Um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's very knowledgeable. He's only twenty four, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, he looks very um, young. But uh, lovely fella, we had a chat with him. Yeah, he's very nice, lad, fella. gas fella. Um, the keeper, Kevin and Tomer, love him. Um, very yeah. energetic in his sessions. Um, but uh, yeah, the the staff managed to to beat beat uh, everyone and take the tournament in training. <laughs> and Duna was uh, very disappointed um, with uh, Darren Dillon. Uh, his refereeing. Oh, yeah, Darren. <laughs> yeah, Darren Dillon. Uh, I'd, I'd be sure not to say. Great decision, Darren. He uh, he gave a controversial penalty um, in the final game that Robbie Keane uh, put away. Stroked home, and um, the uh, the staff took the the victory on. Uh, and Duna wasn't happy. The Skill Street Soldier wasn't yeah, happy. Him and Trev, the two of them were planning something against them. So uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he expressed his disappointment on uh, on that tweet also. We have um, in the next we have a tournament every year for Rovers fans. Uh, shout out to Justin Mason and Ed Sol. Hopefully, it's going to get up and running soon. Pride of Rings End tournament. We have a team in it. We need a striker, Shazzy. Do you fancy it? Yeah, if you want, yeah. Uh-huh. Once the season ends, I'm free. Right, there we go. We just see we're going to build up a, a nice little arsenal here. We just like that Simpsons episode. Like we're, we're picking regular fans, and then Gary Shaw walks up and it's like, I pick. Gary Shaw yeah. Justin's the fella was he the fella in the dress that's yeah, Justin yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're they the Pride of Rings End Club and they organise a, a big piss up every year it's a great tournament we all play football out on Rings End and drink in the vintage and all the other pubs and it's always it's always great crack but I'm, I've been gunning to win this for years and I can't can't seem to win it so I have to strengthen my arsenal now so Shazzy's up front I'm your man Right, so Shazzy's confirmed for the Pride of Rings in, so watch out. We have uh, the Crumlin Hoops are always there. There's all sorts of supporters, club Jim McLaughlin and everybody, so we're building our team. And uh, Robbie's off to India soon, to the club he idolised as a child, Corral of Blasters, uh, which you're familiar with. Rovers had a pre-season tour there before. What was uh, what was India like? Uh, it was insane. Absolutely <laughs> really? insane. It was, we went to this area of India. Um, cause it Goa, called, wasn't it? Goa. I, I don't know what it was called, but... It was it was the real India. Like we saw the real Yeah. The the real the trains, the, the slums, things just, like that. Oh my god. It was, you know, open sewers, everything. Really? Oh my god. Did it you was, get a case of Delhi Belly? No, we didn't actually. The hotel we stayed in was actually it was just built in the last six months, fairly modern, uh, had Wi Fi and everything, so we were blessed. But you <laughs> know, the heat, uh train and the heat and um just everything that was going on the traffic oh, it was every man for himself yeah. it, was, it was a challenge you know you were trying to get across the road it was a serious challenge you know oh, well. and we were lucky Experience to, we, and we, a half I think we though, went yeah. over with 20 players we were lucky to come back with 20 players <laughs> <laughs> we just about made it back as well we were told five days previous we were meant to come back and that all went tits up And <laughs> but uh, we got it was the travelling was, was the worst part by far I think it was 30, oh, yeah. 32 hours of travelling it's a killed. long old trek isn't yeah, it the, we, we arrived in India after I think 20 hours of travelling and we got onto this bus 
40 degrees drove an a drove five minutes outside the airport and we were stopped for an hour and a half on the tarmac and we found out that the the driver of the bus had no license apparently so we had to <laughs> we had to turn around and uh, go back and get on a different bus no and way we were fuming Jeez, and we had nightmare. a five hour bus journey in ahead of 40 us. degrees jesus yeah probably no air conditioning i enjoyed uh doc's diary during that yeah, remember Dave O'Connor Gary used to yeah. write on the website yeah, he's, updates. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. That was cool. Um, did you ever see him writing, or did you talk to him about it? Uh, no, he always went off himself and and uh, found a quiet corner. And just quiet corner, yeah. just kept to himself, and it was it was very interesting, very good. Like, um, yeah. and it was uh, he he could have said a lot more, but it would have, <laughs> have been yeah. it would not have been appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was on the nutsy. Uh, can you compare his style of football to Bradley's? Um. As a player, um, you know, I kind of, I suppose, used the same. So I suppose he brought me to the club as a target man. Um, you know, he'd be, I don't know, he's kind of more route one. Yeah. Um, definitely. A little bit more defensive. Yeah. Maybe. Our manager is, is definitely, you know, as you've seen throughout the season, you know, we can we can play, and he's brought in players that can play, and you know we're doing that, and you know we're giving the fans, I suppose, that belief now that we can go and win games. You know, yeah, the believe nice really football, there, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's look. Every manager is different, and they had their own little things. But you know, I got on both uh, really well. Yeah, yeah. So I can tell you from the fans' point of view that we're really enjoying this style of football because I was actually talking to Owen Rice about this on the time under Nutsy, like it was about two and a half years, I think. And to be games where literally nothing would happen. It seems like in the games, like we wouldn't be making chances, we wouldn't be putting crosses awesome. in. Shots wouldn't be hitting the target, and it was it was kind of depressing some of the times. See, we know our games now are going to be eventful because it's sort of football that we play and the players that we have at our disposal. So it's it, that's one thing we do know coming in. But with Nutsy, you were thinking, oh man, Gavin Brennan, and you've got these players who are just mercenaries, and it just it was it was a horrible style of football, and you knew you were going to just kind of grind out a result and maybe get a and and snatch a goal. So that's that's, that's how I sum them up yeah. anyway. You know you're going to get entertainment. You go to talent now. I mean, you haven't drawn nil nil this season, home or away. Yeah. Pretty much every, except maybe one or two. Every Tata game has been decent. And neutrals are starting to notice as well. They're even writing in the papers. They're talking about it. I mean, we do have that good style of football. So we'll move on to Ryan Thompson. Gotta has retired. Has announced his uh, retirement. And first God, and now Gotta. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget that saving Belgrade man. Superhuman ability. It was impossible. Sir. Unbelievable stuff. And even I mean, when I watch the replay now, I st- I still think it's gonna go in. Yeah. And I'm surprised when he saves it. I've seen oh, it fifty times. What a save! I mean, I deny- he denied the serves. I was in Jamaica during that game, and I was telling you it's in your book. Yeah. I had no idea the score, so I was in the nightclub that night. And then Sully's goal came on. It was the Fox Sports moment of the yeah. week, and that's all I saw. He didn't was even cracking know the, up. I was going, "Did we win? Did we get through? What happened? Look he at didn't that know the volley. score. All he saw was the goal. Ended up yeah. finding out <laughs> off one of the guys. Uh, I'd see, I'd no phone, and I couldn't contact anyone. But uh, one of the guys heard of Thompson, and I was telling them all about it. And he ended up making a phone call to be little brother, and we found out that we'd gone through. So it was fantastic stuff. Yeah, the majority of that starting eleven in Belgrade are retired now. Really, I mean, Seves, Twig. Flynn, Sullivan, Sully. Thompson. Yeah, Jesus, it was a. It's when you look back on it, it really was a golden era, wasn't it? For, for Actually, for Flynn didn't play; he was on the bench, but most of the starting eleven, and some on the bench. Yeah, what a night in Belgrade, and um, we did mention last week how strange that friendly scoreline was. Uh, it was funny enough that we we had no idea about 
what was coming down the pipeline yeah, for this and we thought yeah. it was very strange Bray nil Waterford 5 it's one of the 5 Bray matches being looked at I didn't know there was 5 so 5 matches being looked at potential match fixing the others at the Iron Brew Cup 2-0 defeat away to Elgin last month 2-1 league win over Drogheda and 2 home games against Finn Harps a 5-3 win in March and 3-2 defeat in July the Garda have opened up an investigation and interviewing members of the club so shit is hitting the fan in a chaotic season for Bray how can they come up with just those Random games. How can they just decide, okay, they're the games we're going to target? Is this another case of watching videos and just going off video footage? If it is, then, it's, like I said, it's not going to stand up. Unless there's a paper trail and some solid evidence, nothing's going to hold up. Well, as we see seeing now, we don't actually need evidence to convict players. Yeah, because those two lads from Atlone have been convicted now, and that is going purely on video evidence of someone's opinion saying, okay, well, he was rubbish that day, and... We're going to do him for match fixing. That's pretty much how it is. Unless they do have a paper trail to follow and there's been something. But other than that, they don't have any. Was that a full strength Bray team? Do you know the 5 nil Against Waterford. I'm not sure, actually. I don't but know. But either way, I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds, it's a crazy result. It does sound yeah. very dodgy. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. sounds strange. So, Bray, a former club of yours. And, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on what's going on there at the moment? Yeah, like you thought, you, thought, you know, what, what happened with the, the, the owner, the chairman fella you know a couple of months back there he thought it was kind of all settling down but then I was in the car when I heard this oh, uh, match fixing scandal and then I heard the result and I couldn't believe it and I was just saying what is going on at this club like I'd say it just I'd say it's toxic to yeah, be there to, to be involved in that dressing room you know, yeah I think so you know, I think are, Harry can be there for much longer um, it's disappointing you know, it's, you know it's a good club and it's a good history but you know whatever's going on behind the scenes is just embarrassing like it is yeah. embarrassing and it's it's not good for the league. It's not yeah, good at all. It? You know, it's there's already been you know the alone thing, and now Bray have been thrown into it, and then they're saying what happened earlier on the season. So it just needs to be, you know, it needs to be sorted quick. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Carl, you were saying that the FAI a couple of years ago sold the international viewing to to some company, the Track Champ. Yeah. So I mean, like, given that they did that, they sold the international online viewing rights. So you can pretty much watch any League of Ireland game online if you're betting. Well, the implication was like you have to actually create an account with them to watch the games yeah so you have to actually become a gambler technically to yeah, watch yeah maybe the games. have some sort of like I mean it was money to them at the end of the day so they morally are they in the best position to be handling this case I don't think so they've handed over to the guarantee maybe that's why they're washing their hands with yeah they're thinking listen we don't want it. we don't want anyone to know how much we received out of track champ John Delaney uh, I'm sure he's no uh, involvement in this at all John Delaney's a great man and he gives us money so that's why we like him which, which brings us to our next question <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, what was your experience like working for the FBI Shazi uh, yeah look I was a kid out of college and got offered a job in football and what exactly was your role uh, I first went into the the summer the summer camps the summer soccer schools oh, okay, so okay. I was actually interning for six months and I did uh, your kickstart badges or something like that was it no I was I was I uh, I was overseeing, like I was doing all the admin side of things, um, okay. based in the office. Um, so um, looking after the financial side of things and stuff like that. And then uh, that finished up, obviously at the end of summer. And then in August, I actually went to South Korea for uh, two months coaching kids. Little jolly up, an absolute jolly up. It was, <laughs> it was some stories there. Uh, Korea, was that, whole, what was that uh, like? That do cool? a whole podcast on yeah. that trip. Um, that was insane, absolutely insane. And some dodgy Korean fella came to. Uh, my old lecturer in Carlo and wanted four coaches to go over and he'd pay us some 
nice cash and that was that. <laughs> Not so we, say went, no. we went over and did about 25 hours of coaching in the space of uh, six, seven weeks and uh, got a nice lump sum for it. And, and a trip to Korea. And a trip to Korea. <laughs> so we had some good times. But then I came back and obviously I was out of work then at that stage and uh, I was um, playing with Longford at the time and a job came up in the commercial department, the FEI. Um, Siobhan, who works in the uh, with Rovers now, yeah, Siobhan. She was the the manager in that uh, sector, and um, I interviewed and got the job, and just looked after kind of uh, you know the the senior men's team, the with the sponsors delivering their rights and stuff like that. So I was never actually involved in the league side of things. I was completely cut off from that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I could always have my say to the. And funnily enough, you ended up back in the plane right beside her. Yeah, going, going to it was, uh, it was gas. It was I, I I left and then she she told me that she was leaving to come to Rover. So uh, it was uh, everyone was happy. Yeah, no, she's she's great at what she does. She's she's a great asset to the club. And uh, you nearly scored again to cost us the title in two thousand and ten. You and Dave Webster were in the Bray team on that famous night when we won the title in the Carlow Grounds. What do you remember? Remember it very well. I uh, it was my first season, and I came on. And after about 10 minutes, uh, I think it was Richie Baker, or was it Dara Doyle? I think it was Dara Doyle crossed the ball, I scored. And uh, after the game ended, all the Rovers fans obviously invaded the pitch. And yeah. I, I took, I'd say, seven or eight digs <laughs> as the Rovers fans ran by me. Um, and you still signed for us, despite I know, this. I, and it was, uh, it was, some of them were... Tough and Joe. Some of them were... were no, very, very uncalled for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Look, I was, I was a kid at the time, and I was just buzzing to score on telly and all yeah. that kind of stuff. That but, must uh, be the biggest crowd ever at the Carlisle Grounds. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Can, what game could have had a higher attendance? Oh God, um, maybe yeah. if they had a friendly. Other than that, I can't really think of yeah. anything. Yeah. Cork, was... Cork, maybe when Sean McGuire's last game, they had maybe eighteen hundred there. Other than that, I'd say no. We we. Packed the place no, out. It was yeah. top jammed. of yeah, top of ten. Atmosphere was atmosphere was unbelievable. Tense. It was tense. I remember yeah. well. Yeah, I do. I remember. Twig score from an acute angle. Do you remember that angle? Yeah. Before half time. I'm thinking there might be a, an alternate universe where <laughs> Shazi sticks away that second chance and Bray win three two. And Michael O'Neill is sacked early in 2011, and he never wins anything at Rose. My God. I think. Bose, Could you imagine all that? I think Bowes had a good opportunity to to bash whoever they were playing they did apparently Paddy Madden yeah, was the reason five chances yeah that they they didn't win and I, I remember I met Paddy Madden in a nightclub I think recently after that and I said to him Jesus my fair play to you you were great this season you won the league you know and you played a big part and he goes I play for balls I goes I know <laughs> <laughs> I think they had to win and he goes check out my bank yeah. account shut up you tick what was going through your head when you were two on goal and Possibly about the winner, or were you just focused on yourself and Bray? Yeah, it was like I said. Could you imagine just, the consequences from Rovers' point of view? I mean, at the time, at the time, no, I didn't really realise yeah. how crazy Rovers were. But now, <laughs> looking back, I probably would have not made the run for the cross. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we used "Daddy Cool" the song as an intro to our show uh, a few months ago, and I was looking for a little drop uh, for a commentator on one of your goals and actually oh, this was great and I couldn't find any the actual audio couldn't find it? any video of you scoring a goal for Rovers where there was commentary as well okay. so the only one I could find was that one in 2010 and it's George Hamilton 
and I think it was Baker yes Baker and I was like Gary Shaw it's a yeah, goal it's actually a great bit of audio in fairness yeah. sounds good and uh, there was sad news this morning Gary Jimmy McGee passed away at the age of 82 Jesus no, no way just this morning it was announced yeah uh, well condolences to all his family and friends and rest in peace Jimmy McGee the memory man yeah he started with RTE in 1956 his wow. first World Cup was 1966 he picked uh, Shamrock Rovers 11 on Soccer Republic a couple of years ago it's top uh, 11, yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to play that clip now. Let's hear from the memory man, Jimmy McGee. Young Jimmy's watched a few games over the years and he's picked his all-time best 11 for each of the League of Ireland clubs. This week, it's Shamrock Rovers. Hard to pick a team, an 11, from the great gaggle of Rovers players. In goal, Alan O'Neill. Really should have been capped by Ireland. Paddy Mulligan right back. Outstanding. Midfield, centre-half, full-back. Could play anywhere, Paddy. Centre-backs, both Irish internationals. No in it as a stopper. Johnny Fulham as a sweeper. Terrific pair. No matter what way it worked, they'd see you through. And left-back was a man who spent most of his life as a half-back. Right-half or centre-half, Ronnie Nolan. And so did the midfield. Pat Byrne on the right. He'd talk his way into a good game, but he could play. In the centre of that midfield, the unmistakable John Giles. In my opinion, the best player ever played for Ireland. And the best player ever came out of the League of Ireland for Ireland. Also in midfield, Paddy Cole from Waterford. That's some midfield. You've got to admit that, don't you? And the two wingers are wide midfield players. Frank O'Neill on the right, best winger ever played here. So he's going to score! Liam Toohey on the left. Listen, that's some midfield. All of those five I've just mentioned capped by Ireland. Leaves me with one. Who could prosper on the passes that those men would conjure? Would it be Mooney? Balaam? Alan Campbell? Liam Buckley? More recent times, Gary Twig? Any of them. And you know what I'll do? I'll go for a man that scored five goals in three cup finals in the late 60s. He's running for Leeches in the box. And he shoots and he scores! I can't have a Rovers team without Mick Leach. Last week we were talking about how big podcasting is nowadays and the Dublin Podcast Festival is actually on right now and uh, check out an article by McDerrah Ferris called Where Is All The Music Gone? How Podcasts Have Taken Over My Ears 100% agree with this I've, I am a podcast fiend at the moment I listen to Bill Bohr on the way over his Monday morning podcast uh, you've got Joe Rogan he's fantastic there's so many those conspiracy guys you've got what's the story with Graham Merrigan the Rovers mm-hmm. fan this, it's literally taken over for me and sometimes I'll even put music to the side like I listen to music every single day new stuff try and get as much in as possible but podcasts are really really taking over there's so much good stuff out there Joey Diaz that's another good po- the church mm-hmm. of what's happening now there's some really really good podcasts out there and it's just so such good listening and I think like I said we're in the right market at the moment mm. Is you, you listen to any podcasts Chelsea? yeah like you're saying the conspiracy ones I, I'd be a fan They're of pretty cool aren't they? yeah um, American Life um, I was doing a good one last week about the Iceman do you remember uh, Richard Kuklinski he was the hitman for the mob a Polish hitman for the mob and the undercover agent Dominic Prolifone who, who actually caught him and got him arrested he was doing a two hour podcast and it was brilliant just a real inside info on like a guy who like this guy Richard Kuklinski the Iceman there's a film about him there's a couple of books 
absolute psychopath used to spray people with cyanide put cyanide in their burgers if you wanted if the mob wanted to send a message he'd set up a camera in a cave leave the guy half dead and let the rats eat him and then show him and say listen there you go you get a little extra on top saying oh yeah you made him suffer brilliant brilliant stuff like, wasn't so, there a film on him yeah there was ago, the Iceman yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was the guy who plays Van Alden yeah. in Boardwalk his name I can't think of his name but um, yeah like the likes of that I love that real gritty stuff and it's uh, it's huge at the moment and the League of Ireland Weekly as well that's another good one the, all yeah. the League of Ireland ones are pretty good you know well, you mentioned Gareth that you sometimes put music aside and that's, that was the gist of uh, McDerry's article he says, that's huge for me he says instead of listening to music now and I quote he says the soundtrack to breakfast the lunchtime stroll and cooking dinner is 99% divisible off the ball football show or tales from the East End and he listens to all sorts of football TV shows politics podcasts and he says about our show you don't have to be a hoop to enjoy tales from the East End but it helps Gary Parsons and Carol Riley take a sideways look at all things Shamrock Rovers each week it is required Rovers listening check out the Pat Flynn Monty Madness episode I'm sure Cristiano Ronaldo has had a listen <laughs> yeah very kind words from McDara there staunch yeah. hoop and, a, and he's great for a random chat as well always always a, a happy face to see in the crowd and yeah. um, I say he has to sit through some amount of ads yeah in those podcasts yeah. unlike our show here at Tales from the East End sponsored by yeah, and we are actually open for sponsors for 2018. So if you want thousands of people knowing about your show or knowing about anything your your company or business, something like that, let us know. Tales from the East End at gmail.com. We are, uh, and if you want to give us free stuff as well, like I said, we love free stuff. Hashtag free stuff and chocolate and chocolate as well. We love anything like that. We're gonna have a chocolate orgy and beer orgy on Sunday in this monthly madness episode. I don't think Brad's out approve you coming on monthly madness, will he? Jazzy? No, in the off season maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the rumours about the chocolate at the junior hoops was unfounded, Gar. Uh, I certainly saw Rocky Barnes. He's telling lies. Yeah. He's skyrocketing them. That's what he's doing. <laughs> so, Carl, you, uh, you, you're coming up with a playlist? Yeah, we're compiling playlists for all the songs we've used in our intros and outros this season. Great idea. So watch out for them. That's possible. We'll see how many we can get on Spotify. So if, for example, you're wondering, what in the Jays is that Italian song we played last week was? It was an actual song called Mele by Gigi Delasio very cool and song uh, as well do you know what I was singing that all week yeah all week so that was dedicated <laughs> that was dedicated to Brando the part Italian stallion yeah the part Italian stallion yeah. what was the name of the place he's from or his family's from Casino I think it was oh you quizzed him about yeah. that didn't you and uh, so we provided uh, playlists and away trips and, and CDs and things like that's gone down a tree hasn't it yeah yeah people have liked that and just one last note a message to uh, John Harper one of our listeners. You know the Jason Byrne lookalike? Oh, John, yeah. He's uh, he's always in the East and had a row with Brad's at the start of the season. Oh, yeah. So he's our Jason Byrne lookalike. Just want to say, keep the feedback coming. We enjoy it. But when you make multiple comments on our SoundCloud itself, it actually plants your biopic on the file. Yeah, so, so it looks there like, for good. It looks like someone is planting Jason Byrne's head all over <laughs> our file. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, no, fair play to you, uh, John. We love the f- feedback. Uh, anything to massage our egos. We have Rebecca Dunn, who said she listened to a show on the hairdressers last week. I wouldn't say that went down well with all the Hunzos sitting in the hairdressers. Well, Jell over there. Yeah, so that inspired us to put out uh, the question of what is the strangest place you've listened to Tales from the East Stand, or what country even. So that, this is pretty cool. I mean, Sean Long said in a sauna with a Bray Wanderers fan and a few people said they uh, they have it on in war a couple of people said they listen in the jacks and 
too much information I don't know I think the lavatory is a sacred place Riley where men go to find their inner bliss and <laughs> contemplate the obstacles that this mysterious world throws our way I mean as we sit on our porcelain throne pondering the intricate meanderings of everyday life doing our best to break up the monotonous governmental dulcet tones that try to dictate how we live this brief and uh, speculative life I mean it inspires us to dream and pursue our goals and be better men we could be just hiding away from the wife and the kids for 20 minutes but listen that's that's it neither here nor there did Rico write that? yeah that's very Rico-esque wasn't it? but uh, two hours on the toilet he's this fella I don't know about that now he's having piles I'd say this <laughs> but Ray Wilson's on the balcony overlooking Sydney Harbour Tommy Kelly is in court listening so we won't ask or elaborate on that no uh, Jerry Armstrong in Rome, Shane Mooney in Orlando during the hurricane. We've summoned in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Dermot Brown in Derby. He said the boy ten was listening to it as well. He went, we went to Limerick and Galway games recently, and he enjoyed the recap and taking the piss out of Brendan Clark. Him and his sister go around the house calling each other Brendan. <laughs> With James Lowe, who was living in Valencia for the first half of the year, so he'd have it on full blast in the living room. Half my roommates had no English, so they just thought I was being a prick. The other half were from Edinburgh and they were Hearts fans and they listened to it and enjoyed it. <laughs> Caused me some shite when you said the Hibs lads on, so keep it up. The podcast is a gem for anyone who's living abroad and it keeps people in the loop. So where do you listen to it, Shazzy? Uh, I would be listening to it in the car on the way home from training or when I'm out on a walk with the little fella. Ah, yeah, there you go. Perfect, isn't it? Stuff, yeah. But uh, people are still coming up to our Pat Flynn special. We had a lot of love for that and you spent a couple of seasons with him in uh, Longford. Any stories about him? Uh, well he's an absolute lunatic uh, first of all but uh, I remember one time we were training and uh, our physio was at the other side of the pitch and we used to train a leak slip and it was a clamping area and uh, Flinny uh, got his phone from the dressing room he wasn't training the, the lads we had played a game the lads I'd played weren't training and he rang the physio and he told him that his, his car was being removed from the car park <laughs> up, up the way by the guardie and uh, the panic on the physio's face running up there <laughs> to, to get his car. And the, we just broke out into such hysterics on the side. He knew what was going on. And Finney's laugh, like, just gave it all away. And But uh, oh, what a fella, honestly. He's an absolute gentleman, man. And it's, it's, it's funny actually trying to wind him up. Uh, I have a good picture of, of me winding him up when we played him last year. Does it work? So, uh, can, you work can you wind him up? Does he take the bait? Oh, 100%. That red mist comes <laughs> yeah, out. And, you know, you have to just be yeah. careful because he can strike. He can strike at any time. But a uh, great fella and uh, he, uh, he's a great professional. You were there as well when he went viral because he, he pretended that he didn't know a Leinster Senior Cup match was on. I wasn't. I wasn't there at the time. Oh, you weren't there. I remember seeing it though and I was like, surely not. This can't be true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, te- I asked the lads that I know well there and yeah, he... Um, Really didn't know. Seriously? As far as I know, yeah. The way I read it now was a wind up. Well <laughs> he wouldn't miss a game, you know, he was <laughs> it was yeah. uh it, it looked like it'd be a wind up, you know, thinking but I uh I I I'm I've been told by a couple of sources that mm. he uh he didn't realise it was a match on. There you go, I learned <laughs> something new now. Oh, so if uh, if you have any suggestions for Monthly Madness or any guests or fans or anyone that you want to get on, definitely get in touch with us. Comment on the link on Facebook, on Twitter and tales from the east at gmail.com. We're always open to suggestions. But uh, onto Longford again, they seem to be squandering in the fours division for a few years. And um, I mean, they they lead the table for a while and then they end up in the playoffs. So they're, they're struggling. I think That's Neil Fenn is good for them though. When Charles was there, we mean, 
that seemed to happen. Yeah, that. yeah. Like you lead the table and then trip up and then lose yeah, the it was playoffs. A, it, was a, it was a big thing. I think yeah. it took us three goals. We we we, we lost to Watford in the playoff. We lost to Bray in the playoff, and eventually, eventually got up. But you know the personnel we brought in that year with Rice or Flinney. Sully. Yeah, the pros. It was, it was it was uh, what we needed. We need that bit of experience, and eventually got got the job done. And I think it was bringing in that trio was the main reason why. Yeah, yeah, it's really professional and and lunatics to add as well. So we've another question for you as well. Can you think? I know putting you on the spot, but what's your funniest moment in football? Funniest moment in football. Um, I don't know. Actually, in that game, it's it was just funny for me. Like it was uh, that Rovers game. Um, uh, getting the digs getting the digs but no I was actually running down the line for a throw-in um, uh, I don't know who threw the ball into me but a Rovers fan the ball went into the crowd and a Rovers fan launched the ball straight at me and just pointed at me and he just said do you see you you look like a fucking Christmas tree <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what he meant to this day I don't know what he was talking about and why he thought I looked like I a Christmas tree I love these foot random football comments just looked me in the eye and you know I kind of went away from that moment kind of saying you know do I were you do looking I? in the mirror were you like what's wrong <laughs> you made you doubt yourself <laughs> yeah so Waterford are the first division champions and they won promotion for the first time since 2007 after Cove Ramblers lost 3-0 at home to Cabin Healy at the weekend so good news for our own Sean Heaney and he's reunited with Nutsy down there so uh, we're actually hoping to quiz every player in the squad who has made a league appearance this season, which makes it tricky for Waterford based Sean Heaney. So Shaws is going to have a quick chat with Sean on the phone, and then we'll see how he gets on with questions for the East End. So Shawsy, fire away. Hello? Heaney. Oh. Heaney, you there? Yeah, what, what phone are you ringing me on? The phone I always have you, my team. What? Who do you think this is? Oh. Shawzy, you mad thing. Hello? Oh, Shawzy. <laughs> yeah, what's oh, the yeah, story? I, I, I thought I was one of my mates. Were you out celebrating, were you? I, I must have been too much, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the story is. I completely forgot you were calling me. Are you, are you free there now, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm free, yeah. What's that noise? Yeah. I can hear something in the background there. I, I, go on. <laughs> He's reversing the truck, reversing the tractor out there. It's the tails from the east end, Sean. How are you? I'm good, yeah, doing all right. Thanks yeah, I'm, I, meant, I meant to, I meant to, when I texted you yesterday, I meant to say congratulations. Uh, I never mentioned it. Apologies for that. How's it feel to be a no, first, no. how's it feel to be a first division champion? Uh, it feels great, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> like, that's what I, I wanted to do when I came down. I wanted to get a winner's league when I was about a little bit. And that's what I'm doing, so I'm delighted now. And obviously, all the lads are delighted. So, we're going to enjoy the next few weeks. And just hope we do well next season. Good stuff. And we uh, we uh, watching the Cove game um, on your phone. See how they got on because I knew that if they they lost, you won the league. Or what was the story there? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, most of the lads we were all keeping an eye on it, and obviously the, we what, were, the WhatsApp we were, group erupted then, did it? Sorry. The WhatsApp group erupted then once the full time whistle went. Yeah, yeah. You knew once the second and third goals went in, the WhatsApp group was flying. So. Lads, obviously, delighted. Obviously, I'm up in Dublin, so most of the lads are down in Waterford. They are, we're out in Waterford Saturday, Sunday, or whatever. So, like, obviously, I missed out on that, but I think now we'll get the trophy Friday night and we'll all, we'll all have a night out then Friday night down in Waterford. Hopefully, it'll be a good night. Get the dancing shoes out, yeah, get them shined up. 
And uh, how did you get on playing against Dobsey uh, in the game against Wexford? Uh, Dobsey was good. Dobsey was a handy one for me. <laughs> He's still in your uh, pocket, Dobsey is he? Right. Like, it's, hard, it's hard for Dobsey because you know what he's like to play, but it's hard being like, playing a team, a team like Wexford at the moment. Like, obviously, they're struggling, and it's hard for Dobsey, but he's, he's done well now when he got the ball, and hopefully now the game, the game time he's got down there will do him well now going into next year. And what do you think for yourself then? Would you would you like to stay or and play with Walford in the yeah, Premier? I don't know. Obviously, I haven't spoken to anyone at Robert, so it's really up to them whether or not what they want to do. But I'm, I'd be happy enough to stay. Or look, if Walford wanted to keep me now, if Robert were to let me go, I'd be happy enough to stay at Walford. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah. I'll find somewhere where I'm playing week in, week out. Right, so we'll get these questions going. Right, so all the lads have, have uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, done the quiz. So there's ten questions. So uh, we'll give you a five-second time limit on each answer because we don't want you googling there, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So, um, first question: uh, What year did Rovers and Waterford last meet in a league game? Oh, God, um, what year is it? Oh, I would say two thousand and nine. Oh, two thousand and seven. Oh. Which has a greater population, Waterford or the Faroe Islands? I would go. Waterford, 53,500, and the Pharaohs just under 50,000. So, a point there. Well done. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, question three. You were born in 1996. Who was the president yeah. of Ireland at the time? Oh, what's the one name? Mary Robinson. Oh, yes. yes Love that. Yeah. Okay, question four. In what round did Floyd Mayweather defeat Conor McGregor? Did you get up to watch the fight? 11, wasn't it? No. 10. 10. 10. Oh, oh, oh. We'll have to to go to the board. (laughs) Okay, we'll come back to that one. We might give it to you. We'll see. Um, Okay, next question. What is the capital of Finland? Helsinki. Yes, love that. Love that. Easy, easy. Okay. You try and tell that there in (laughs) Boulder. Okay, so uh, here's a spelling one for you. Spell the word... Permanent. What's the word? Permanent. permanent. As in the bank, permanent TSB. All right, like, uh, perm, P-E-R-M. Yeah. Perm, A-N-E-N-T. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well done. Okay, so, name two actors named Sean. Sean Connery. Yeah, one. And Sean... Probably an obvious one, is there? Uh, Sean. I know it's not. I know it's not. Sean Gleeson. I know it's Alan Gleeson. That's just a guess. Uh, we we can Google that one, but uh, I I don't yeah. I don't think you're right there. You've won, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, which player in the Rovers B team was awarded Player of the Year in 2014? Conor O'Malley. Oh, sure, he was the key That's what I knew was the key <laughs> oh. Don't get angry at yourself, Heaney. Come on, relax. Focus. Oh, no, that is, I, I messed up on that one. Okay, next question. 
Who are the only club to take points off Celtic so far this season? Ross County. St Johnston. Oh. <laughs> oh, these are easy. Oh. <laughs> okay, last question. Can you better get this one right? How many goals have I, Gary Shaw, scored against Galway this year? How many times have we played them so far? We've played them three times. Three. You scored two down there. Um, and then I don't know who passed that. So it's obviously, I'll go four. Five. Yeah. Yeah. I count four points there, possibly five if we give yeah. him the other one. So we probably could give you the fifth. Yeah, just five, be down the middle, be Same with me, I, I got five as well, so uh, you're still a bit behind Lukey's top with nine. So uh, you're still a bit I of work. I should have got nine there, I should have got nine. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Grant, cheers, Sean, and good luck in the coming season, and uh, thanks, right? Thanks, Sean. Cheers, Amy. Bye bye. Right, so we're going to get Shazzy to reel out uh, Tales from the East End scoreboard right now. So we're going to go from lowest to highest. Okay, so at the bottom of the pile with a terrible, terrible showing is uh, Dean Dillon with half a point. So Dean, that's an absolute shocker from you. Um, on one, not surprisingly, we have Mikey O'Connor. Two and a half points then. We have Dan Devine. Surprise him with Dan. He's a smart fella. And uh, Brando. Uh, then we have a few on three. So we have Sam Bone. Darren Meenan, Lee Grace, and Aaron Bulger. Uh, four, we have Trevor Clark and Ryan Connolly. Very surprised at Trevor, that's a lot for him. Um, four and a half, then we have Demonius Fallon Football, Sean Boyd. On <laughs> uh, five, then we have Daddy Cool himself, Gary Shaw. And Heaney. And Heaney, yeah, we'll yeah. add Heaney in there. And then Kevin Horgan. On six, uh, we have Graham Burke, Pigot. Webby and Simon Madden. Uh, seven, then we have Tomer Chinchinski. Seven and a half, Dave McAllister. And the runaway leader on nine. An impressive nine is Luke Byrne. Top dog, Lukey Byrne. So, how many players do we have left? Okay, the ones we have left are Ronan Finn and Paul Curry, two UCD men. Cameron King and James Duna. So we've got four left. We'll see if the two Collinstown lads get any more game time. Otherwise, just those four left. Right. So um, the Connolly said that you were shooting the George Bourne Memorial Football Quiz. Uh, do you have that to say in your defence? Yeah, well, I, I remember listening to that. I was disgusted by it. <laughs> um, I sure half the half the room was googling things. You know, we were we were. I think the proper. quiz is dead. It's unfortunately that, the, nowadays. But it? how hard are the questions? Oh, oh my re- god! Really difficult. Like that's the, the man pic- the dress like, who wrote them. The, the, pic- Just amazing. the picture round was the saviour, like because everyone started to know questions. Then, like there was, oh, it was so difficult. Um, but look, he he didn't add much himself, you know. In fairness, <laughs> so but uh, either did I. Right. So uh, next up, we have Carl's stats. Right, so Saturday was Rovers' eighth League Cup final defeat since 1978, failing to score in five of them. The Hoops have lost nine FAI Cup finals since 1922 and never by three goals. It's Rovers' heaviest defeat in any cup final since the 5-2 loss to Dundalk in the Leinster Senior Cup in 1970 at Daly Mount Park. Aaron Bulger was the eighth player to be sent off this year, so we're still top of the bad boy list. There were also red cards in 2012, Conor Powell in 2013 and Ken O'Man in League Cup Finals. Ronan Finn has played more League Cup Finals than any other Rovers player before. 
Shamrock Rovers have three consecutive league wins for the first time under Stephen Bradley. The Hoops won five in a row from October 2015 to March 2016, but haven't managed four in a single season since June 2013. And we have Gary Shaw and Aaron Bulger are the only Rovers players to play in all five competitions this season. We know why that is, because Shawzy was the only senior player in Kilkenny at the start of yeah, the season. Yeah, I remember we actually thought you were being punished. <laughs> yeah. We oh. thought, Jesus, uh, Shawzy must have done something wrong. Oh. And yeah. then the mighty Thomastown knocked us out. That's still the only game I've missed this season. Yeah, Thomastown. You're, you're better off missing that. <laughs> yeah. My head was elsewhere. My head was... I just had a child the night before. And <laughs> <laughs> he still played... Yeah. Commitment, isn't it? Yeah, so we got Finn Harps defender Kieran Call is the only outfield player who hasn't missed a minute of Premier Division action this season, and they also have the most book player in the league with Quaylon McAleer. Good little player, yeah, 12 yellows for him. Uh, Trev's up there with him, isn't he? Yeah, I think 10. Maybe. Yeah, he's got a few anyway. So we've Mikey O'Connor has started two successive games for only the second time, the other was against Finn Harps and Drada in June. So he's getting a bit of playing time there. And his brother Kieran scored five league goals on Loma Harps this season before moving on loan to Bowes, where he has yet to score. And then we have uh, the legendary Paddy McCart, whose goal did you see on Soccer Republic? Oh, you know I mean? oh my, oh my God. God. He's still at it. Classic he McCart. still has it in him. The second he picked up that ball, I thought, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to just ice skate his way in. He danced past about seven players. It was a bit comical towards the end because they were so afraid to give away a penalty, weren't they? But you know what was brilliant about it? It was a it was a quite a deft finish, but it like two players took massive swings at it and they completely went out on their arse and it just rolled into the corner. It was brilliant. The left back just gave up. Yeah. Just like just go on. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's either a pen or a goal. I have to remember to get uh, Paddy's autograph after this game because I bottled it last time. Yeah, no, I think so. I'll get the sign something anyway. Maybe Shazi can get his jersey for me. Maybe yeah, I'll try. Yeah. So uh, that was Paddy McCart, Stephen Dooley, Cork and David McMillan Dundalk have been taken off in more games than any other Premier Division player, 15. And uh, Shazie, you are Rovers' most sub-player with 13 uh, substitutions. Former Rovers midfielder McCart has scored two goals for Harps, a free kick and talent in March and his solo effort against Sligo, which just gushed about against Sligo last week. So that 3-2 win over Harps saw Simon Madden's only goal this season. It was that cracker of a finish in the end of the game yeah. and Dean Dillon's only league appearance. The only ex-Harps player in the Rovers squad, Darren Meenan, hasn't featured in a competitive game since June 23rd. That is a, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, so Rovers have three players in double figures in all competitions. This happened three times before in the Tala era in 2010. Twig, Chambers, remember Chambers ran a muck that season? He got young player of the year. Got 10 Stewart, goals. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. 2011, Dennehy, Twig and Shepard and 2015, Drennan, Mille and North. Uh, the Adonis Danny North <laughs> Gary Shaw has 9 league goals the only Rover striker to score 10 in one season since Gary Twig left the club is Mikey Drennan that's some motivation for you now there you it? go bang one in against Harps so we have Harps and Dundalk are the only current top flight clubs that Brandon Mille has never scored against and we have Rovers are looking for 4 consecutive league wins over Harps for the first time ever that's a, that's a good one the Hoops did win four in all competitions in 1991. Loney will be on to me about that one yeah. if we don't win because I'm already getting grief over the no goals conceded from a corner in four months. Yeah, going to be an L, Carl. Uh, Harps, Galway and Limerick are the only current Premier Division teams that have never won a tally. Harps and Galway did be the B team here. This is Rovers and Harps' ninth Premier Division season together since 1985 and the Hoops have never finished in the top three. Bit of a curse. Yeah. So Harps have lost four of their last five league games, but they have won three of their last four away. I brought it 
Dre, 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 Broad and Dre, uh, Drahada, Bray and Limerick. And Harps have won. Harps have more wins than anyone in the bottom half with ninth, and their fourth highest away scores with eighteen goals. And all four of their clean sheets came away from home, so they haven't kept a clean sheet at home. Okay, she's a body buffet. Their last six league goals have been scored by different players. Harps haven't lost in the 14 games in all competitions that Sean Houston has scored in during his two spells at the Donegal Club. Roman Finn hasn't lost any of the last 64 games that he has scored in for UCD, Sporting Finn, Golden Dog and Rovers. The, the, the record goes on. How about that first? That what shows is that? It. That is impressive. It's unbelievable. That's so you're a fan of the stats, Yeah, I, I would. That, that's, that's some stats. That is Finna. unreal. Wow. And but he knows he's aware, isn't he? I told him about it, yeah. All right. Some of, some of the ones like you were saying, Maloney, I'm not a fan of those ones. Yeah. It gets into my head. Yeah, oh, it no. does, doesn't it? But yeah. like, oh, like Bradzer says, they, they don't mean, he, he just doesn't buy into them, does he? He doesn't buy into the stats at the all. The story of Bradzer and my stats is, sometimes I give him one and he gives me a sort of a look and say, well, that really doesn't mean anything, Carol. <laughs> Other times, he starts kind of smiling and he's like, I actually like that stuff. Yeah, Carol. yeah. yeah. So, Charles, you scored 12 league goals for Longford in 2014. Your best top flight tally has been six or over the last season. You've nine now, so you want number 10 on Friday. And um, is there anyone in the team that you like playing with particularly? Is there anyone that you think you link up with well? Uh, I think with Berkey. Uh, yeah. It's linked up very well uh, with him. Um, and I'm getting very good, especially in training now with Finner, uh, when he's pushing on. Um, it's becoming a, a good thing, so I'm hoping... Uh, Finner stays Has pushing Keen taught you a few things? Yeah, he has. To be fair, he, he would pull me aside the odd time and uh, a couple of a couple of simple things, nothing major, nothing that, you know, Move I suppose you don't, you don't already know. Down, yeah. It's just he's drilled it into you how important it is mm. to do whatever. But um, look, when the record score for Ireland is telling you something, you listen. You listen. Simple you as, sit up and listen. Yeah, yeah. as simple as that. Brazier gave him a lot of credit for your sort of improvement this season. Credit's keen, big time. Yeah, when he came in, it was kind of when I kind of turned... Turn the corner and start, you know, scoring. Um, so, look, like I said, I started listening when he came in and just watching him as well. So, it obviously had some sort of positive impact on me. So, uh, mm. but uh, yeah, I'm so. sad to see him go to India. Yeah, <laughs> it's childhood club. You've never finished as a club's top league goal scorer before either. So you're three ahead of Brandon now. So you probably achieved that for the first time. Yeah, it's a nice, it'd be a nice. There's a nice run of games as well. Uh, the last, the league. We do games. have a decent run in. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping to to get a couple more um, in, in that run I think it's five or six left so mm. with the games we have looking at it I'm, I'm hoping to definitely get into the double figures obviously so hopefully we can do that although Messi already has nine lean goals after only five games so <laughs> yeah. really you want to I get watched, a move on I know I watched him last night and he's a freak he's a joke he's a freak <laughs> he's taking you almost 30 to get, to get it's, nine it's unreal like the chap is not normal <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I've come, I've come up with this, Carl. I thought I'm gonna give Shazi a quick round, a quick fire round now at the moment. So I think we'll see how he gets on with this. So right, this is about the squad. First one's about the squad. So best dressed, uh, Paul Curry. Paul Curry, worst dressed, uh, James Downer. I knew you'd say that. Uh, best trainer, Ron Finn. Worst trainer, James Downer. <laughs> uh, ladies man, Paul Curry. Fastest. Trev Slowest uh, <laughs> Dave McAllister <laughs> <laughs> Most intelligent Finner Least intelligent Duna <laughs> Worst answer uh, Kevin Horgan And the manager's pet 
Finn. Norman Finn, right. And if you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, invincibility. Steak or ribs? Steak. Ronaldo or Messi? Ronaldo. Right, you're stuck on a desert island. You have to pick one artist to listen to for the rest of your days and one movie to watch. Uh, one artist. Oh, I'm not down to music. You can skip that one. You can pick an actor if you want. Right. Uh, an actor. One, one, one film or an actor which yeah. you can pick one a uh, film um, I would pick The Shawshank Redemption oh, The Shawshank what a movie is that a pun on your name is that what you not at all it's just unbelievable yeah. love it just a coincidence absolutely that your name it. is in it cracker absolute cracker yeah. so were you boxing or MMA MMA finish the sentence the FAI are a past employer <laughs> cats or dogs dogs yeah Carl's a crazy cat guy oh, he Carl. likes cats no. <laughs> your dream strike partner uh, Ronaldo Curry or Coddle Curry FIFA or Pro Evo FIFA finish the sentence if I wasn't a footballer I would be I wanted to be a jockey believe it or not no way yeah, yeah. I had to give up that at the age of 11 when Too I was big. 6 foot yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, what's in your pockets right now my phone uh, zombie apocalypse this is me I'm a zombie guy so zombie apocalypse you have one choice for a weapon now think very carefully what is it this is going to get you through the rest of your days one weapon think practical Shazzy I mean Daryl has a crossbow in Walking Dead Michonne has a samurai sword Um, a weapon would you call it you know one of them armour suits <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> them, yeah. Yeah. keep that, you safe yeah. be very slow running away from them <laughs> yeah, they can oh, bite really, all they want really, they're not going to get through very that. noisy and clunky yeah. as well walking. they won't get me and finally, tell us your porn star names, the name of your first pet and the street or road you grew up on. I am Lucky Captain. Carl, you will be Sheba Captain. Mm-hmm. I am Cookie Sycamore. Cookie Sycamore, <laughs> I like it. So Shazzy's porn name is Cookie Sycamore. So we're going to try and introduce this next season to everybody and uh, have a bit of crack with that. So, so that's go- just a taste of next season? Just a taste of next season, yeah. So uh, we have scenes in our last game in Galway. All hell broke loose after the late winner. Can you? Uh, did you? You you said that you didn't really. Pico tried to get you to run towards, which is actually very very quick thinking from Pico, because if you had ran into our half, they would have restarted, and that was amazing from Pico to think like that. I know. Thinking if you go back into their own half, they could start off and kick off and score quickly. So yeah, it was quick thinking. Yeah, I, I, that was really quick thinking, but you could see what was going on and the flares and everything. Yeah, I was. Yeah, like I was. I said. I think it was in an interview. With, yeah. Self, Carl, that a fella ran onto the pitch and jumped on us. And, yeah, he but, came uh, from the Galway end. He as came well. from the Galway end. Yeah, it was mad. But uh, yeah, Pico, fair play to him. I don't know how he thought of that. I, that was the last thing I was thinking of about them kicking off. But yeah, uh, real quick just thing. pointing to get into the corner, and that's what he did. I don't think you would have got out if you had to came off. I know. I think you know what. I think looking back, it was the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. <laughs> you um, got uh, got a picture of yourself with just a mason address. Will you treasure that one? Yeah, I haven't seen the picture. I'd I love to see the picture. Look great, you did. I've never seen the picture, so I'd like to see. Browser got turned too. out. Yeah. yeah, a few. I think a few yeah. guys jumped in. It's funny, so, funny you could play Galway every week. I know. Shows. Yeah. I know. Wow. I'm praying this. And do you know what? They actually play good football. They're actually a decent football team. They play 4 3 Galway, 3 don't they? Galway, believe it or not, kick-started my career in the League of Ireland. In, oh, yeah? In 2010. Yeah. yeah. I, I came on as a sub against Dundalk after 12 minutes in uh, my first game for Bray and scored uh, after about 20 minutes on my debut. And Pat Devlin was the manager and he said to me, I'm going to start you the next game. Oh, lovely. And believe it or not, that game was against Galway. And you scored. And I was, scored. Was it, was it in Galway or It wasn't. Home? It was at no. home. home. And okay. I scored and we won 4-0 and... That's where the whole goal That's where, started. Yeah, there you go. You're up to 10 goals now in County Galway. Unbelievable. Just in Galway, you've got some home ones too, as you know. Yeah. 
Ten goals in goal. In county goal. Wow. I have, I have a I few. don't think anyone else is better that an away ground or an away team. I don't take, think anyone. Take some doing. Take some some delving. That's, that's, that's aiming DC, that's um Fahey's field. Yeah. What's the other one? Um I must fucking hate you down there. <laughs> but even at home as well of a lot enough for Longford. Good few goals as well at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So there's a nice number there. And God, we did us a favour again. They beat Derry 2-1, which was a fantastic result for us. And them the themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's literally a dogfight down there now at the moment. We didn't love Galway before. How much we love them now? We certainly do now, yeah. Only three points separate, 7th and 11th. It's really tight at the bottom. And Pats are only out of relegation zone of goal difference at the moment. So it's an, it's really interesting now. Now Pats are dragged right back in. I'd love to see them go down a couple of, a couple of seasons in the doldrums and languishing at the bottom of the graveyard division. If you look back to like six, seven weeks ago, third place was looking unlikely for us. I know. It's and crazy now, how football changes, isn't it? Now we're a point ahead of Derry, despite losing them three times. No, it really is changing. And, and like I said, it's really interesting at the bottom. I'm not like we talked before, we're not really a fan of the new 10 team system. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be beneficial for the league at all, but um, sending three teams down is harsh. So, I mean, after this game, Harps run in is Dundalk at home. Dirty away, draw it at home, and balls away. So that's a really, really tough run in. I can't see them getting more than three points no, there. Whereas no, I, I think, think Galway... They might be drawed, they could get a draw in there somewhere. That's a really, really tough one. Galway have three home games left. Yeah, so Galway's run a Murray one player of the month. Uh, handy player. And Trevor Clare came second. Should they even announce a second? Should they even bother with it? I didn't even know there was a first, yeah, second, no, third. I didn't know. Third, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, it's a bit silly. Really. Imagine getting the phone call. How are you, Trev? You came second. <laughs> Thanks, what do I get? Nothing. <laughs> Proud moment in his <laughs> yes. career, that. Yeah. yeah, so like we said, uh, it's really heating up at the bottom. Pats are away to Bowles on Friday and home to us on Monday. So the run-ins are, like, they're really tough. And Pats, Pats have a tough run-in as well. So. Mm. But we can't be giving them any more points. No, definitely not. On Monday night, uh, we've got to beat them out there. Really do. Shazzy, you got one in Richmond this season. You got one last season. So can we please beat them on Monday? Yeah. Definitely, please. We're, we're, we're due to beat them. Yeah, we big really time. are. It's, big time. They've given us a, a couple of spankings in the last few years and embarrassment. So I say balls are pretty much safe. No red cards yeah. this game. Yeah, no red. No, no red cards. Keep our heads on. Yeah, three of the last four Dundalk games we've had a red card, and the last two past games we've had red cards. Yeah, so uh, we're going to start with our starting elevens and predictions now. And I think I'm going to go something different this week, Carl. I think I'm going to go three at the back. And I'm going to have Tomer. It's going to be Pico, uh, Grace and Webby. I'm going to have the three lads in the middle, McAllister, Finn and Bulger. I'm going to have Trev and Madden as wingbacks. And I'm going to have Mikey and Shaw as your front. I'm going to drop Brando. So I'm going to keep Shawzy. You're going to drop the part Italian stallion. I'm going to drop the part Italian stallion. And um, I just... I, he had a quiet game in the final. He did, yeah. But he did score a hat-trick before that, I know, Gary. but that frustrates me the way he he just kind of, I'm going to be honest, he bottles the big game sometimes. You know, he kind of just, he could have done a lot more in that game. So I'm going to use him as an impact sub. And if we do need to uh, push on and we need to go, I'll bring him on. But I'm going to keep three lads in the middle, Finn, McAllister, Bulger. And uh, I'm going to have the two, I'm going to have Soy and Trevor bombing up and down the wings as wing-backs. So what about you? Do you have a prediction there? Oh, I'm going to say 4-0. I'm going to say we're going to smash these. 4-0. Well, my team is pretty much back to normal. Uh, Grace and Shazzy back into the starting 11. 
and I'll say 3-1 win. 3-1 win with a concede. So, um, What's your prediction, Chelsea? Uh, I'm going to go with a, a 3-0 win, a comprehensive 3-0 win. Um, and are you on the score sheet in this 3-0 win? Definitely. Four goals. First goal and last goal. <laughs> yeah. I like it. There you go. Yeah, so uh, Carl's article in Hoop Scene. Once again, guys, if you don't get the programme, go out and get it every single game. Fantastic stuff from Robert and Carl and all the contributors, Jason Maloney, uh, anyone else who have forgotten them, sorry, but it's fantastic uh, bit of reading and uh, definitely pick one up every time. It's only four quid. And Carl, your article in Hoop Scene. So I have a piece on Friday. It's called Where Are They Now? Not really an article, it's just more of a list of names, really. But So... Gar and anyone listening, can you name three ex hoops playing in the North American Soccer League right now? Ooh. Okay, top of the head. Richie Ryan? Yeah, he's with Miami FC. Uh Miami FC. Uh Eamon Zayed. Yeah, he's at Indy Eleven. Richie Foran? No, sorry, Derek Foran? He's back in He Pax, came back he? to Bray. He's back. he's back at Bray. Oh He was with Tommy Stewart at Sacramento Republic. But he's back now. Uh Go on, give us another one. And um, the recent one, Kieran Cuduff. Ah, Kieran Cuduff. Jacksonville, yeah. I'm mad. Jacksonville, I'm mad. I forgot all about that. And different league, but there's also James Shamers at Bethlehem Steel. <laughs> See what's there? Yeah, in the United Soccer League. And right. at the lower level, we have Daryl Cavanagh with Lansdowne Voids. I didn't know that either. Voids. I'm surprised yeah. he was there. He was let in. That's the amateur <laughs> he level. He would jump over. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, so we have a surprise guest in the Glenmore Suite on Friday night. And uh, we'll keep that surprise. So unless it's been announced already, but we're not sure. But yeah. definitely get yourself down to the Glenmore Suite. A couple of points and a chat with a Rovers legend. And we have the Adrada away game on Saturday, October seven, has been changed to a three pm kickoff. It was five. And Charles, you scored your first goal for Rovers in your twenty four birthday against Sligo in May two thousand sixteen. So memories from that? Just relief, I suppose. Yeah. Getting the first one out of the way. That's, that's the monkey off your back. That's it. Relief was all I can say from that one. And your best and worst moment of football so far? Uh, best moment in football, um, I suppose, representing my country uh, at under 19 level. Oh, uh, worst moment was breaking my foot. Uh, I re broke my foot, actually. That cost me to miss the European Championship finals in that under 19 team. Oh, heartbreaking uh, stuff. And who was the best player you played with and against? Um, best player I've played with. By far is Robbie Brady. Robbie Brady, yeah. yeah. Um, so under 19s or lower? Under 19s. Level? Yeah, 19s. the team, it was an unbelievable team. Uh, Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick, Shane Duffy, uh, John Egan with Brentford. Um, serious team. Jeez, some good players there. Yeah, so uh, I unfortunately, uh, 2011 was the worst year. I broke my foot, came back, and re broke my foot again. So I Go missed on. nine months of football um, and missed that uh, European the elite phase and the finals they actually qualified for the finals so yeah, uh, yeah that was the worst moment by far in football yeah. did you ever feel close to the under 21 call up or did he I, mostly pick I I was involved with the under, I was involved in under 21s uh, there was a they were in for a couple of days um, Noel King had them in and it was that year again it was Shane Duffy and stuff and I was called in I trained and that was all it was kind of I never actually progressed on from that then mm. but uh, after that then nothing really came up I was kind of after I re-broke my foot and came back that's why I went to Longford I kind of had to kickstart the career again yeah yeah I worked was, out though didn't yeah, it that was, that was the, the reason why because people were wondering why I went from Bray to, to Longford because Longford were an average team in the first division at the time but Tony 
um, gave me that stepping stone again. So mm-hmm. that's why I went there. And what about against anyone? Anyone else that you came up against that you thought was fantastic? Um, you know, it was actually it was. I always found it very difficult playing against Brian Shelley because he was yeah. rapid. Yeah. Very quick. The Ballarat Red Devils um, now. I mentioned him in my articles. Yeah. He's been managing in New Zealand. All right. For a few years now. And a good hoop as well. He, he got sacked from that club and played for little or nothing for Rovers. Yeah, you would always kind of fancy yourself over a centre half pace wise, but he was always one that keep up with you. He, yeah, always, he always played yeah. centre half when I played. I know he played on the right uh, right full sometimes, but yeah, he was quick and it was just out. That's a nightmare. I don't get the physical side of things. I don't really care because I'll, I'll, if you hit me, I'll hit you back. But uh, when they keep quicker up, than you, when they're, when they're quick, quick as you are, quicker than you, it's it's a pain because you can't you just can't get away from them. <laughs> So you know all about our list of hatred? Yes, I do indeed. And uh, we've, we've the pl- the we've plenty now. of people now. Is there anyone that you'd like to put on it? Or anyone, anything? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Well, whoever broke me the bone in my face, I suppose. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but um, we can go back and look at the footage. But I'd be definitely happy with that. We'll yeah. we'll find out and we'll... Uh, we're throwing Caulfield just for the help of it as well. Of course, Caulfield's yeah. going on the list of hatred. <laughs> And the fella who broke Shazzy's face. Yeah, no, so, apo- no apology or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So John Caulfield and the breaker of faces, you are now on the list <laughs> of hatred. So it's that time again. Our next show is Monthly Madness with Ashbourne and Bonville Hoop, a.k.a. Paul O'Connell and Daniel Fulham, the Gary Tig supporters, club bus management team, are two very interesting fellas, both DJs, both involved in music. Paul has a... A side, an alias as Power State Failure. He produces on music. Dan's just a hassle merchant in general. Some very interesting lads and good stories going to come out of those. So uh, listen up for that. And that'll be either Monday or Tuesday, depending on how much Carl drinks and how many shots. I'm going to whip out the shots on Sunday. The random shots. Oh, jeez. And so it's going to be a chocolate and beer fest orgy on Sunday. So, um, Shazzy, have you enjoyed your guest appearance on Tales from the East End? Absolutely pleasure being in Johnny Blue's bar. I think Luke is going to be jealous of Yeah. Oh, he sure will. I rub it in. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Shazzy is praying Galway stay up this season. He's not the only one. We love away trips to Galway and Finn Harps. So hopefully at least one of them is to be able to survive and uh, it'd be great if they did. So that's it for tonight, just for today's show. Carl, I think uh, that's all from you as well. So folks, we'll see you in the, in the East End and keep on hoping. See you. Bye-bye. Yeah.